0: Today's podcast is sponsored by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code BALDMOVE to save $5 off your first purchase. You're Rick, a pretty remarkable guy. Oh, how's that, Ridge? I watched the tapes, the things those people said about you, the things you did to protect them. Oh, tell me, did you build that wall? Uh, yes, I did, with a lot of help, and it's an incredible achievement, but... <laughs> It's just a wall. If you can call it that. Yeah, I... You know, I was promised 12 foot
1: high, solid steel slab, cold rolled impenetrable walls of at a fucking mantium and i pull up see so you got a chain link fence covered in burlap for a
0: front gate well rick you know and that... you got
1: the supports on the outside now how
0: does that make any sense at all actually if one considers the tensile strength of steel and given that we sunk the supports into properly installed concrete footers,
2: oh
1: would
0: you just shut up with the nerd talk i'm talking Common sense, jackass.
1: Tell me, how many walkers you ever have on the outside at any one time? Uh, oh, I don't know. Several
0: dozen at one
1: point. Oh, several dozen. Well, hell, we plowed through a herd 5,000 strong just to get up here. And Tell me, for my own effification, what's the worst thing you ever have pull up to that weak-ass gate? A Honda Odyssey packed with dirty diapers and tickle-me-elmos? <gasps>
0: What, what, uh, what?
1: What, 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 what Was it a tank? Because a goddamn Abrams pulled outside my gates. You want to talk cold, rolled steel? That's what you're going to have when that some bitch runs against this limp dick retirement community you're trying to pass off as Fort Knox, professor. Uh, I, I I don't know. You know what? what? Forget it. I'm going to introduce you people into something I like to call the Rictatorship. Carl, Michonne, we're taking this place over.
0: watching dead the officially unofficial podcast for the walking dead on amc i'm jim and i'm aaron and we are talking about season five episode 13 titled forget indeed uh what do you think of this episode uh did another good one after a second viewing another, another good one, one? i okay. feel like
1: they've hit a, a home run here with alexandria uh as a
0: setting all right i i liked it uh second viewing it uh, there were some things that annoyed me huh um th- well i think there's always gonna be things that annoy me uh, which, of course, <laughs> okay, being just this podcast, we'll, we'll
1: talk about it. But uh, no, I uh, I was enjoying it the
0: second time through. Um, okay, I, I did too. Um, and there are a lot of good scenes in here. And overall, thematically, I kind of like what they're doing. But some of the themes they're rehashing again and again uh, are starting to wear thin on me. And Sure, we'll, no, we'll Jesse's, about that stuff.
1: Jesse's whole party scene... Yeah, uh, was stupid, yeah. and I'm I could go my whole life without hearing about how the world is and how people are changed and
0: and and, and what kind of person you need to be s- to survive in it. Like Abraham's yeah. speech to Michonne, kind of yeah. is just. I mean that that funny, but yes, uh, at least again, it was entertaining. But yeah, we know you can't be the farmer. We know you can't be Shane. You got to yeah. be a synthesis. I get it. I get it. They've been saying this for seasons now. Right. I don't like to be hit over the head again with it every single episode. Well, wear a like helmet. I doing. don't think it's going their way. <laughs> I Apparently not, yeah. Uh, so who made this episode? Uh, this episode is
1: directed by David Boyd, who ha- was kicking around as a cinematographer for a lot of stuff before he became a director for television, uh, and he's been doing just a ton of stuff. He's directed five episodes of Walking Dead over the past four seasons. Uh, he's also all up in the new 12 Monkeys for sci-fi. He did hmm. Constantine for NBC doing Sleepy Hollow, uh, The Night Shift, filmed in the ABQ, uh, a couple episodes of Revolution, Friday Night Lights. He did six episodes, so quite an accomplished uh, small screen director. And Corey yep. Reed, who has two writing credits for The Walking Dead, a few for Da Vinci's Demons, and a few for Medium. Uh, okay. So a little bit shakier there, but honestly, I thought uh, did a, did a great job.
0: Yeah, did did a pretty good job. They're like
2: I yeah, think the pretty scene, good job. the
0: scene with Jesse like a lot of the dialogue just felt a little too cute, maybe for its own good. Like that stuff with Michonne where she's like No, it was apocalypse uh, paint by numbers. You know, Rick saying, uh, do we need to be the people for now or then? And she's like, Then is now and like I thought that was a little too cute. Uh huh. Uh but yeah, overall not bad. Okay. Not bad. I liked it. Uh okay, let's get into the recap, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. We start off with Sasha laying awake looking at pictures of people in the house. I can't tell if these are people who either were in the town or currently are in the town, or if they're stock photos um so I don't think it really matters except mm-hmm.
1: for the you know obviously, if this were people in the town and she got caught shooting them that would be, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be some crazy times, but sure, um either way, I mean. I wasn't sure. I mean, she's clearly suffering from post traumatic stress dis- yeah. Uh, syndrome. Yeah, She get, she takes him out of the woods. She shoots him, and she's looking around really weird. And she's hearing zombies. Uh, she's saying, "Come get me," which I'm not exactly sure.
0: Yeah, there's something not right about her. Uh, she is slowly losing her mind, being in this new uh, town. They're doing a good job of
1: setting her up as, you know, just overwhelmed at. the the every interaction she has with these people talking about their fucking cell phones and their boar's leg shanks and they're getting Uh up early for favorite meals
0: and all that shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, to a person like Sasha, someone saying that they're freaking out, they might freak out because a cell phone would ring is just so inane. And I like the fact that they used the, her shooting the stock images of these people or Alexander people, whatever it may be, uh, offset with the, genuine moments she had with people like, you know, um, I know and that happens uh, a lot more in the freak out she has at the party, but, uh, um, do,
0: do you find anything interesting with her and Daryl's arc arcs kind of crossing paths here hmm. with Daryl, maybe coming back to civilization a little bit and Sasha being unable to
1: yeah, Daryl. Um, I'm kind of wide open with what I think they were doing with Daryl. I was a me big, too. Yeah, I was on the big, they'll probably kill Daryl in the next season or so, uh, Bandwagon, I I might be the only one driving that bandwagon. <laughs> it might be just a single seater, uh-huh. uh, but I I don't know. I feel like that they I'm I'm backing away from that a little bit. And honestly, yeah. I don't know who the core group if they're going to kill someone. They killed a lot of someone's last year in the first part of this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Noah, but I feel like everyone kind of has a story that they're trying to tell. And I don't know who makes the most sense to make go away. Like Daryl's in the middle of it's something It's Noah. Now. Noah
0: has no story, should, right? But
1: Noah's not really a main character You're either. You're right. It's You're like right. The same thing as like Father Gabriel who was A-wall this episode. Yeah. Um like and yeah Eugene. they kill him or Eugene or any of those guys mm-hmm. cuz Rosita they're not doing anything with, but everybody else has kind of an arc. Yeah. Uh maybe Abraham, um uh, but no, I uh
0: it was a decent cold open for me. Okay, cool. Um so Rick, Daryl and Carol are hatching a plan. Uh, out in the woods they they want to get some guns sure and they talk about it for a little while they decide hey we're gonna try and sneak in there and they find a walker with a w carved into its head and they're confused they're puzzled by that are you confused are you as no, confused just, as they
1: are i'm just wondering where uh you know they've been teasing this this w wolf stuff for a while mm-hmm. i'm kind of wondering where it's going to go now and how yes yeah. we're well we got three episodes left uh-huh um, it seems like there's a lot It's rare for me to say But there's a lot of stuff that The Walking Dead could do here In the last three episodes And I think they're going to have to um I'm getting a lot of feedback in the spoiler section Where people think just a season and a half worth of stuff Is going to happen in the next th- three episodes Which I think would be awesome But I think it's more likely that they'll take One or two of these big, big Kind of hooks
0: And try to resolve yeah.
1: them And they're going to have to let some of them go
0: I, yeah, I I don't see them pushing very far into what I think is coming up by the end of this season. Like, I'm thinking that if we do see the wolves, it'll be like in the last episode,
1: and it'll be a big watershed moment for the group, because this group is kind of patronizing to Rick. You know, you can tell that they're not really taking him serious when he said people are the biggest threat now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that they'll have to have a moment where that turns out to be prophetic. To to move this whole dynamic forward or else it's just going to be, you know, I mentioned the instant cast that this is giving me a real twilight zone, Mm -hmm. uh, like a reverse twilight zone where people are in a nightmare and they woke up in like a dreamland. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also very fantasy island okay the, this with like the temptation of rick and oh there's a married woman and i want her i'm i'm gonna take her uh yeah
0: that's getting creepy that too, it, it is didn't. and mm-hmm. and
1: carol like threatening the child there's like a lot of that darker kind of the dar- darker aspects of fantasy island going on here as well
0: oh yeah we're we're seeing a darker side to this group you know i mean but that's only- and, and it ties into the horse thing too i mean the horse isn't just daryl Right. The, the horse is kind of everyone and they're struggling to not sure. lose themselves to this world, but at the same time, the world has infected them in a way that right. they're turning into the bad people that were outside. And I think that when you come into a new
1: situation, the writer's like, oh, look at all the thematic things we can do. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of illusion. You have to eventually get back to a story that you're trying to tell. You yeah. can't yeah. sit here and wallow in metaphor and you know that, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm hoping that we have maybe another episode of this and then they kind of deal with things and, and move on to some, some more plot things actually happening. Because not a whole hell of a lot happened from a moving the story forward standpoint this episode.
0: No, you're right. You're right. I mean, they're they're settling in still. And I, sure. I feel like one of those main plot things that's going to happen is something between Rick, uh, Jesse, and her husband. So things are going to blow up there in spectacular fashion, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh so I I don't know. Maybe maybe that'll be next episode because they need something else besides just we're still settling in. Yeah. But uh
1: and I you know, that I thought the winning over of Daryl cuz he's very skeptical of Rick's turn as a cop, but you know Rick saying these are the luckiest people we've ever met and they're mm-hmm. just keep getting luckier. Daryl seemed pleased by his thing, well now we're here. Yeah. Because it sets them I don't know. It, it simultaneously sets them as the group's protectors, but also they're better than them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and there's another thing. Rick says, you know, that let the others kind of integrate into this group. Will will be the ones who we're going to stay are, hard. Are, are still the protectors. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I'm I'm kind of surprised that Michonne is not in that group actually.
1: Well, I think Rick sees her as way too far on the other side of the Kool-Aid barrel. You think
0: so? Her speech in Richmond was just too much.
1: And she continues doing it. Like, don't act like this is some kind of, like, we're waiting for the future to come. The future is now. Yeah. No, you're right. A little eye rolling on the speech, (laughs) but I think that she's consistently, Mm -hmm. and now she, you know, Rick is arming himself covertly. She is making a big show of disarming herself. Mm
0: -hmm. After Abraham's
1: drunken speech.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Still got speaking... that plastic plastic sword, though. She does, yeah. That's back. backup. You could do some damage with that. Uh, tucked into her waistband like Rick's revolver. <laughs> uh, anyway, speaking of Michonne, she's examining her new outfit when Rick comes in and they talk about uh, Deanna and what her plan might be for them. Uh, what did you think of Michonne's new outfit? <laughs> her constable gear. I felt like... First
1: of all, uh, you know, again, I conspicuously avoided re- rereading the storyline in the comics, okay? Uh, which is incidentally about the halfway point. Like we have reached about fifty percent through of the comic book material at this point, hmm, which correct. I think a lot of people are freaking out because, in my mind, I thought we were kind of you know three quarters of the way through, but mm-hmm. when you actually look at the, the the numbers of the issues and all that stuff, we're only about halfway through, hmm. um, and I. I kind of feel like maybe they were playing some homage to this part in the comics, too, um, because a lot of her, you know, Rick and the deputy thing or the constable thing is kind of right on the comics. And okay. I, I think that the whole braid, like la- like she's laced up the back and cut out so it fits her better instead of being designed for like a mate. You know, I, I think yeah. that was that might be an homage to what she did in the comics.
0: OK, and I, it makes sense. I don't know anything about that. It makes sense. Yeah, you she. Look, you want look. She just good. looks so weird in that man. Like yeah. I, we we've seen her in this like leather vests and right uh, big boots, and it's just been is weird it, do you to think see that her. Th- in this is some here?
1: a little bit of echo of Slabtown. Like how so? Well, or like an, it's kind of like another Fantasy Island inversion where Slabtown were former cops that were dressed as cops, but they're really thugs. Okay. and now we've got one former cop and one former, I guess, housewife slash whatever she was uh, dressed as police officers, but they're actually embodying the whole serve and protect ethos.
2: Hmm. Yeah, at least
1: maybe go further with that, where Michonne, who was not the former police officer, is fully embracing that. Rick, who was a former police officer, is kind of shaming it up in this episode.
0: Yeah, a little bit.
1: Uh, That scene at the end is is intense.
0: Okay. Uh, let's move on. Daryl spots Aaron in the woods, and he joins him on uh, his hunt or whatever he's doing. You know, I I'm not certain what Daryl is doing out there, hunting for Aaron food is. Probably possums. Aaron, I know, but he doesn't say it, and I don't know what he means. A lot of
1: people made definitive statements about others' uh, motivations and and uh, what's actually going on, and didn't decide to share that with us as a viewer. Yeah, I guess I'm left to imagine that what Aaron thinks or knows he's doing is he's just out here dicking around because he doesn't want to stay within the walls. Hmm. Like he has no I thought he real was hunting pr- possums. <laughs> sure. The most dangerous game. But I yeah, I mean, he's just kind of dicking around because he doesn't want to be behind him. Cold roll bars. I
0: guess so. All right. Uh, we'll go back to Deanna. She has big dreams for the future of Alexandria, which she's telling to Rick. And uh Michonne and Maggie. But by the way, the way
1: to tell a walker from a human being is walkers are absolutely silent until the camera gets on them. And then they're yes. noisy as hell, whereas humans mm-hmm. actually make noises and snap twigs and, and disturb things. So yeah, that's how you tell the
0: difference. <laughs> uh Good. Good on them for the very next episode pointing out the flaws in that wall. Right. Sure. Like we we give them shit, but I I'm that's fine. They they did the right thing here, you know? Obviously, they didn't go back and reshoot this between weeks. Right. So it's something that they had planned, and they were probably in the writer's room going, oh, wait until they get a load of this. Yeah, maybe. They're going to freak out about this wall, and we're going to flip it on them. Right. Uh, n- not us specifically, obviously, but the community at large uh
1: fine with me honestly uh if if they have that kind of level of self-awareness i think that speaks well for the direction of the show yeah no that, that was good like um, if they can anticipate stupid shit and the, you know avoid or somehow lampshade to make it even more clever then mm-hmm. i'm all for
0: that yep <laughs> me too and we get to see some solar panels here which was yeah nice, nice to see how they're getting their power for all those cell phones that they're carrying around uh, Rick takes the his his guys outside, details some of the uh, modifications they need, and Sasha comes up says, hey, I want to be the clock tower lookout. Deanna wisely says, no, no. You're going nowhere near that clock tower for today. Uh, I'm putting Spencer up there, which I guess is her other kid. I remember when, meet a later. Man,
1: when a man climbed the
0: clock tower. I do, too. It didn't end he, well. No, he got shocked to death, I think. <laughs> <laughs> or nearly to death. Uh Anyway, so she says uh, she'll consider making her the primary lookout later on, but she wants everybody in return to come to her party. She's blackmailing people into going to her
1: party. Sure. (laughs) And when when they get there, it's going to be sprung as a surprise $500 plate re-electing as supreme overlord of the community dinner. God damn it. It's a banquet. Uh, What what do you think about her involving Maggie in the pseudo-government that's forming? Is that... I I don't have a problem with it. But is that is that kind of like what Rick's thesis was, that she's trying to co-opt them?
0: Well, I clearly. Yeah. Clearly, I mean, that's what they're doing, right? But why... Co-opting Ma- them into the police force, into yeah, but, the government, into but all but sorts of But why
1: Maggie? Work. Like, I've never seen anything in Maggie that made me think, you know what? She needs to lead a community.
0: Of the people not like Daryl as a
1: Daryl as a field scout, total sense. Sure. Rick as a constable, that makes a lot of sense. Glenn going out on uh, raids and 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 search and find missions. Yeah, he's
0: qual- he's qualified for that. Maybe the writers just needed someone and I don't see anyone else in this group who's qualified. Okay, so just Maggie. Yeah, well, Maggie uh, needs
1: something to do. Let's give her something to do. Yeah, I don't okay. know what Glenn's doing nowadays, but he's well. I mean, uh, presumably he's going to be the new strike leader. That would be if they were smart. Well, yeah. Get rid of uh, Aiden wouldn't like that much. Yeah, Aiden, members only guy.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Rick strolls up and Carol joins him, and he explains that she uh, has to be the one to get the guns because Daryl's busy. Daryl's being watched. He's busy. You got to go get him. Yep. And she seems to like that. You know, the thing, the thing she likes about living here is that she gets to be invisible again. Sure. Uh, and which, see it as
1: a, as an actual talent rather than a, a setback.
0: Yeah, definitely. We go back to Daryl and Aaron who spot a horse in a field that is named Buttons. Aaron has been trying to catch him for months, months. He's been trying to catch him. Daryl moves in with a rope and he almost catches him on the first try, but Walker's coming out of the trees and spook him and he runs off. Mm-hmm. and then they kill the walkers
1: really hit us over the head with the daryl as
0: horse oh metaphor. my god yeah they did did you know the longer they're out there the more they become what they really are is that
2: right
1: yeah
0: oh i'm glad they said that because so, i hadn't got the the metaphor that they were daryl's
1: an unwashed backwoods hippie apparently because that's what he's become and he still is <laughs> yeah
0: no he definitely is uh he didn't take a shower this episode did he no he still got the same
1: grime marks and the same suet and blood and everything on his yeah he's
0: yeah gotten nowhere closer to a bar of soap all right um and you know that's not the only line that they give us that says hey this is daryl as the horse he Mm -hmm. he also says you used to be somebody's now you're just yours right uh i don't know they're basically owned by merle yeah and And also why
1: we're calling out all the themes i thought it was interesting that they had the zombies going to town on the horse guts Uh, Not here, but later. Not here, but later. But we Mm -hmm. also have Daryl going to town on spaghetti. Like, I thought that was...
0: (laughs) No, seriously. You're right. No, you're absolutely right. I hadn't thought about it, but... But that's a little muddying of the metaphor,
1: though, right? Because he is the horse, but he's also the thing that could destroy the horse?
0: Yeah, I... I feel like we have an email. I don't know if you're if you're including this in the feedback section, but
1: I thought there was an email that talked a little bit about this. Probably. Yeah, it was brutal. I probably only
0: is able to use about one third of the actual feedback we got
1: this week. Wow.
0: All right. Uh, I do like how the walker gets his tongue caught on a tree and just rips it out. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. So anyway, on the kill of the week by the tree. Uh, no, the it doesn't kill it. That's for sure.
1: Is this is this where uh, they use a cow skull to dist- to kill a walker? I thought that was uh, my zombie kill of the week.
0: I think that's later as well. Was it a ram? It, it looked like a ram to me. Uh, a ram or a... oh g- yeah yeah because the horse runs off
1: and comes into the the the, the ba Ram you kill happens at the uh, and the Aaron gets and tripped. The and yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: anyway, Carol goes to the gun room to get chocolate and unlatch the window, and there are a couple of goons in there who are. Picking up guns for some kind of goons. Patrol. Yeah, they're goons. goons. They are. Look at those guys. They're goons. <laughs> they're as goony as they come, man. Hey, his his guy. His a name. His name is Tobin. All right. Well, Tobin's a goon, <laughs> and he's <laughs> he's got eyes on on the Carol. I th- yeah, he does. He mm-hmm. does. He's trying to swoop in there. You yep. If you ever need uh, any gun training,
1: let me know. His eyes perked up when she's talking substituting applesauce for eggs. Like this girl's freaky.
0: Yep. Uh, then we go back to Aaron and Daryl, and here is the scene where they're stalking buttons through the field. And uh, Aaron tells Daryl they have a lot in common. Wait, no, this isn't the scene. Sorry, this, they're they're in the woods here. Uh, they're talking about you know how people are scared of them for different reasons, obviously. And he advises Daryl to go to Deanna's party so people can get to know him. They need to know him. uh, yeah. uh Although I thought that
1: Daryl had a good point where uh, I've met a lot of bad people out there. They ain't afraid of shit. And Aaron comes back with, yeah, they were. And again, <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe. So So you... much of this is assumed uh, assumed meaning, right? Right. Well, I mean, it's pretty clear that, like, the Terminus
1: people were afraid of being taken advantage of like they were at the beginning. The governor was afraid of losing control. All right. I guess. Um
0: and all the people in this town are afraid of Aaron's gayness. I guess. The, they might catch the gay. I mean, that's uh, what he was saying, yeah. Well, that, right, that, right, right. That they they're were, afraid of him because he's a homosexual.
1: Sure, sure. Um, but, because, uh, you know, East Coast, the United States is known for its, it's its, uh, its a bastion, last bastion of homophobia in the United States. <laughs> uh, is it not, I don't know about <laughs> that. No, I right. don't think it is, but whatever. <laughs> sure. Um I th- I don't know. Um yeah i I just thought that that was another i am not I'm not sure I was following where they were trying to go with her like what I mean, was, was Joe afraid of like there's the the real monsters you meet out
0: there are just sons of bitches you know I wonder if this is a symptom of Aaron not having been out that much, like getting only fifty miles out, not running into a lot of people uh not apparently not running into a lot of bad people. they've only had to. Uh, remove three people from their community But he's also very savvy
1: about the whole stranger danger thing. Like,
0: I... He is, you're right. He's very oddly worldly. But they're playing it at the same same time. Mm -hmm. So I I, I feel like it was a little bit of that. Like, Daryl has met the real bad guys. Sure. Whereas Aaron maybe hasn't. And Eric has been going out there
1: with him, but Mm. Eric is still very, like, however much you buy Aaron as a post-apocalyptic... Uh, warrior. Yeah. Eric, they're very clearly drawing a, a, a line there and saying, no, no, whatever Aaron's got is not rubbed off on him, to the point yeah. that Aaron's scared to death that he's, he's out there with him. Yeah, you can't he's, tell me... That he's spraining his
0: ankle, hiding under tractors and shit like that. Getting caught so, under the lawn furniture. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't tell me that Mrs. Niedermeyer is the only one who wants his pasta maker. Come on. <laughs> Come on, I see through that shit. Uh, people start arriving at Deanna's party, and uh, you know, Rick comes in with his his group Judith and Carl and Michonne and everybody. Uh people start uh coming in like Abraham. Mm. Abraham and Rosita and Rosita's lost the Tomb Raider costume. Sure. That's gone. She's looking more uh civilized, I guess. Sure. And 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 uh and- Abraham's coming in
1: like Ron Swanson. You're right. He's in a like a button-up polo. He's got, he's got the, the, the long-sleeve polo with the uh-huh. collar tucked into his pants. He's in full Swanson mode. Yeah. yeah got the and,
0: mustache. And he's just immediately zoning in on the beer. Like, at least if I have to be here, I'm going to take advantage of their liquor supply. Sure, sure. He's going to... They have beer.
1: I, I'm, I'm going to try to make this work. <laughs> sure. I'm going to try to, to use uh-huh. my relationship with
0: alcohol as a proxy for relationship with other people. <laughs> Uh, then Rick Rick meets Reg, who is Deanna's husband and the architect who made the wall, as we know. And he gives Rick compliments and a drink. Uh, Jesse's family shows up, and Rick gives them a look. Yeah, gives them a definite look. What What do you think of Making Reg? Making eyes at her.
1: Uh, Reg seems like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? I mean, he just uh, everyone in this city feels like something out of the fucking Lost World.
0: They're, yeah, they're a little uneducated about the outside world. Yeah, it's like ro- when least. Robin Williams came
1: back from being in, stuck in Jumanji for thirty years. Mm-hmm. He's that guy, and everybody, everybody else is the town that doesn't understand that there's a magical board game that can kill you. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's he's Definitely. coming back with the bushy. Be- I that's that's yeah. I think Reg is an idiot. I think most of these people are an idiot. Deanna's smart, uh, but she's an idiot.
0: Yeah, they're well, they're not idiots. They're just ignorant. Of the real going, on. But she's on.
1: also not taking, like, one thing I noticed on the second time through is she, when when Rick says, you just fake got people up in, you just prop a gun up there to make it seem like you got up there? This is madness. And and as a way to soothe him and also not put Sasha up there, she says, I'll put my other son, who we're about to meet, what is his name? Spencer. Pat, Spencer? Yeah. I'll put Spencer up in that tower. Mm-hmm. Spencer's not in the tower. Spencer is reading. Is, is is the doorman for the party? So who is in the tower? Eugene. No one's in the Gabriel? fucking tower. I'm saying that Deanna's blowing off. She brought Rick in here to be the survivor, to be the consultant, and then uh, now it's like, well, you don't know the Alexander way. Before we do, before we do anything with clock towers, it's, it's cocktails first, <laughs> cocktail mixers, and it just you know
0: that will bite them in the ass, right? Not if Rick can help it right right that's that's Rick's mission here is to protect these people and to make them understand that they're doing things I think wrong. that's an open question whether that's his mission
1: and that the last scene is all about setting that up but we'll get there
0: okay uh anyway Daryl and Aaron watch as buttons is eaten to death by walkers and <laughs> yep. they go up and they kill the horse they 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 kill a uh a zombie.
1: With a, 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 I guess a ram horn. I thought it was a Did cow you, horn, but that's it's not curled.
0: Big. No, it's What's a it's a pygmy cow. Is what it is.
1: They've all right. it's, a bred. it's a chupacabra.
0: That's a chupacabra. It's a goat sucking demon. It's, it's the perfect callback to Daryl Dixon. Is the chupacabra?
1: That's what Daryl Dixon's going to do. He's going there's there's a dearth of entertainment options. So imagine Daryl as like a post apocalyptic uh, crocodile hunter.
0: All right, he's gonna start his own show.
1: Yeah, he's gonna have Aaron falling with the, his his black and white camera. Now look at this bullshit. That's shit. right. That's right. Look, at this Chupacabra. I'm gonna I'm gonna stab me zombie <laughs> head with this. <laughs> Get mangy coyote, and it's like some kind uh-huh. of uh, you know fantastical beast on the outside. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. and maybe he'll he'll make a. Like a chupacabra gill suit, just out of a bunch of piece, piece together animals. Is that gill or is it gilly? I always thought it was gilly suit. So you... uh, maybe, maybe it is gilly mm. suit. Guile suit. like Guile, there fighter. you go.
1: Yep. It's just, just blonde mohawks everywhere. <laughs> and lightning <laughs> so kicks. <laughs> uh, the... I don't think blonde mohawks <laughs> and lightning kicks is a, something you can make a stealth suit out of. But... It depends on the setting. If anyone it depends can... on the yeah, setting, yeah, honestly. Yeah. If, you're, if a... you're on the set of like <laughs> the beach volleyball scene of Top Gun, he <laughs> would blend right in to get behind Iceman
0: and you're, you just disappear. Absolutely. Uh, all right. At the party, Noah is super uncomfortable and Maggie and Glenn come over to try to help him out. It doesn't seem to work. Like, Noah's just lost here. He doesn't know what to do. Can we wait a second? Uh,
1: this was supposed to be an emotional, like, old yeller putting down scene. They put Noah down? <laughs> I didn't see that part, man. <laughs> no, No, the horse! Yeah, 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 yeah. That fake-ass horse head and the somber music was not, did not drown out my laughter. I thought no, that was a very funny scene.
0: Uh, yeah, you noticed the, the Muppets horse head. Yeah. immediately i didn't see it, it the second it, time it's
1: very much me myself and irene man like yeah. i i, I kind of wish they'd they'd go for it hmm. aaron's out there plugging the, the the horse's nose
0: yeah uh, good <laughs> stuff
1: uh some good stuff yeah Fuck good stuff you, man yeah yeah it's, it's the I, best. I see
0: what you're doing there just want to move on the podcast i do i do uh so what do you think of noah in this scene he, he i don't seems... think much of noah he i, I don't does he not know what his place is here? Like, does he not? Has he not found his niche? Is that what he's worried about, or is he just worried that this is not sustainable?
1: Like, I mean, he's from I can't tell. He's from a better, He's from a slightly shittier version of Alexandria. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. I mean, I you know I I get it. He's lost his entire family and his mom yeah, yeah. and his brothers and all that stuff. But so has everybody.
0: To yeah, be fair. but. I don't know. I mean I Abraham's just, okay with it. You know, things turned out pretty well for me. Uh yep. Abraham. <clears throat> that's why I you him. uh you lost your family your entire family. He's right like in I never locked them kids anyway, and I
1: upgraded lady wise, so <laughs> free beer. Uh I mean things have worked out for I don't know. I don't get I don't care about Noah. Okay. That's fair. Noah it doesn't have anything to do, right? Like I care less about Noah than I do about uh the the Reverend uh Gabriel. Father Gabriel, and that's... I don't care much about Father Gabriel.
0: Neither does the show, apparently. Yeah. Because he's been lost to time now. I mean, I feel
1: like that they're shaping up Noah to be the sacrificial lamb at some point. Yeah. And because why he's troubled in the same way that, like, Daryl and Sasha are, but he's much more expendable. Oh, oh yeah. Way more expendable. So I'm kind of, like, a little got a little cynical detachment from his character. Okay. I uh, Totally understandable. He's got a bum leg. Mm-hmm. You know he's already been menaced by zombies
0: and patio furniture. I just mm-hmm. just I just don't know he cleared off the the front porch of all those houses <laughs> before he was like, "This is unsafe. that's right, through all these on the chairs. Street. the swing gotta go <laughs> uh so Daryl stalks it's a trip hazard <laughs> Daryl stalks in the shadows outside the party, uh and then on his way home, Aaron stops him and invites him in for spaghetti. serious spaghetti the yeah. Yeah, very serious spaghetti. We'll talk about the seriousness of that spaghetti later. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you make of, of Daryl outside the party? Just kind of looking in from the outside. He obviously feels like an outsider here. Yep. Doesn't belong. Yep.
2: He D- needed, does he have any disdain they, for these people in their they party? They need to play
0: some Bee Gees and for Rick to
1: come up on the yeah. other side of the fence and like put his hand out. And then it's like him and Daryl will have that
0: moment. Listening through the window? hmm Maybe that's what Rick's looking at. Rick's mm. looking out through that window. Uh no, um do you think maybe he is a little disappointed in the group? With them in there partying and drinking and pretending I like don't everything's know, normal. No, because they're doing what Rick told them to do.
1: Like they're not all privy to the super double plus secret takeover Alexandria oh. plan. It's true. Order sixty six or order ninety nine, that's what it's gonna be.
0: Hmm. All right. Let's move on. Rick meets Jesse's husband, who is a doctor, and he mm. offers to take a look at Rick, and uh, then he gets him a drink
1: or a refill. We call him Dr. Trump, even though he doesn't really look – in good light, he doesn't look at all like Donald no. Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still kind of an asshole, so he's Dr. Trump for me. All right. Uh, while he Clearly, gone,
0: he's not long for the world either. Doesn't seem like it. No. Um, I don't know what's going to happen between Rick and him, but Something it's not nothing that's for sure
1: he seems incredibly nice but the writers want to make sure we know he's not too nice because
0: of his way over the top pissy reaction to oh no this is a this is a veneer that niceness ah. is complete bullshit for party people okay because when he interacts with Jesse it's completely opposite okay but not even in private it's like yeah you know,
1: he's like super nice guy and, oh yeah I don't even remember the 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 drunken tirade I launched at you last night, Rick. <laughs> I'm going to go get refilled. Shut the fuck up! Yeah. You know,
0: it's like, okay. All right. It's harsh. So he, he takes off, and then Jesse introduces Rick to the pretty amazing view, in her words, of his family eating and drinking. Carl playing kings with the kids. Yep.
1: Yep. You have to take his pants off and run around the house 3 times.
0: <laughs> I don't think that's how Kings works, but or at least I've never played that version of it. You never what? Of Kings? What? Kings is a drinking game, man. Yes, and that's yeah. what happens
1: in drinking games. Oh, pants so you're get taken saying, off and you run yeah, around. Yeah. Regardless of the rules of the game. It's an elaborate game. truth or dare game and, you know, it's an excuse for people to take off their clothes and and uh,
0: you, I don't know if you know what Kings is <laughs> Based on what you're saying I don't saying know how you play Kings And what our conversation was earlier <laughs> Honestly there are a lot of different ways to play Kings Anyway um, So yeah Carl you The know, best he, way to play it involves pants off Running around in house in circles Okay that's not arguable Okay, uh, he, he, he agrees with Jesse You know this is a pretty amazing view And he sees Carl uh, hanging out with new friends And Jesse's son comes up And stamps his hand with an A Mm. I didn't like. I didn't like most of this scene. <laughs> sure, it's rehashing old themes. It's Jesse monologuing about something that makes no I, sense. I, I honestly, I've watched that scene three times, and I started,
1: I started like my eyes crossing halfway through every time.
0: That's the problem. Like, I bet, I bet that monologue makes sense. Sure, if you can get through it, but you can't. Yeah, you can't. I've seen it twice now. Every time, halfway through, I'm like, nope, done with this conversation. Like, Rick should
1: be like, like, just put his hands on her lips and be like, shh, do you have a kid that can stamp <laughs> my hand now? I've I've heard better versions of the script from much better actors and actresses. Yeah. Can we just skip forward to, I get the stamp, all right. Uh, stamp, A. Boxcar, A. A for yeah. Alexandria.
0: Scarlet Letter. Scarlet Letter, A. Rick's gonna bone Jesse. All of the above, but it's very confusing, because, like I said, in the instant cast, there's a very specific history with the letter A in the show. Do you
1: think – so per, it's possible that the writers have all forgotten about Boxcar A. No.
0: That was less than a full season I'm ago. I'm just
1: saying. I'm just saying. Um, but I think that the – I don't know. I wish they I, – I I like it when they show and not tell, but I kind of wish they talked about, like, why these kids run around stamping people's hands.
0: Well, it, it, Jesse says you belong to the community now. You're part okay. of, you're one of us. But, so,
1: does that the kid's job? He goes and still, what happens when the hands, the, the stamps wash off? Every, he, he checks.
0: He's at the gates. He's checking every day. That's disturbing. Mm-hmm. hmm I don't like
1: that. Time for another stamp, Rick! Yeah, your stamp wore off on the outside. He can't get back in. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I like the Scarlet Letter. And also yeah. the callback to the boxcar A. Yeah. More than I do the A for Alexander. That's the, su- that's the text, yeah. Subtext is Rick wanting the bone Jesse, mm-hmm. and him becoming a community member for Alexandria, and also, um, like in the end when he draw goes to draw his super secret gun, mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: to I guess because he's planning on murdering <laughs> Doctor Trump in broad daylight in the middle of the town. Yeah, draws it with the A hand.
2: Mm-hmm. You're right. I don't know what
1: it means, but it means something. I'm pretending to be Aaron. I'm just going to say something that uh,
2: yeah. doesn't really
1: make sense, but then we're going to fade the scene, and, yeah. and we're going to pretend like it made sense.
0: All right. Sasha shows up at the party and just basically pisses in the punch bowl. <laughs> uh, not, not yet. Not yet. She's civilized when she meets Spencer.
1: Ah, uh, and... first appearance of Mrs. Neamaker in her goddamn pasta <laughs> machine.
0: She really wants this pasta maker.
1: Yeah. How much pasta is she eating? I don't know. And like I said, like... They, I've never, uh, fuck it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to care about this. This is a joke scene that they made for laughs and I don't care. Okay.
0: Well, the it, minor it pasta goes...
1: machine could go fuck herself. And if it, this community was worth its salt, they would have told her go out. Yeah. Hey, here's an assault no rifle. You. There's the front gate. Go fucking find your pasta maker. We're trying <laughs> to live out here. God <laughs> damn. Like that's one thing that bug me at this episode is, is I don't care how lucky these people are. It's Lori with the pregnancy test, right? It's worse than that. It's like Lori had never even gone through the fall of
0: man. Like, these, ah, the shit that they're talking about is, ah, uh, yeah. That's I, the point, though. That is the point. These people don't know what's out there, really. Yes. They've never been challenged by this world. Which
1: is interesting when our group comes in, but it's the one unintended or perhaps unintended uh, consequence is I don't feel anything for these people.
2: Hmm. Okay. Like,
1: they're in all of them, all of
0: them, except possibly Deanna,
2: uh, yep. has
1: so far fallen into this too stupid to live category.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I like Deanna as a character, and I think there's more up her sleeve than and we I, know. And it's like,
1: I don't, like, I'm, so I'm marathoning season two of Downton Abbey because uh, my girlfriend's been addicted to it because I watched the last two seasons with her, and now it's over, and we're going back and rewatching because that's what you do as couples. Okay. Right? You make that, sure. you, you, you rewatch Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey... A fucking mansion with servants is showing more awareness of hardships of World War I than this fucking little outpost in the middle of the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. That, like, I get what they're trying to do to theme, but damn, damn, it's a little much for me. I, right. I, I, lo- I like this episode a lot. But this is this part is a little too much for me. Yeah, there are some thin parts. Like you can you can have the survivors have legitimate like clashes over things that, um, you know, like they can lose their shit over anything. They don't have to have like the most barrage of like, you know, pumpkin latte spice, ugg wearing, my favorite things about fall, white girl, first world problems, things like.
0: But you know what I'm saying. Like, it's too much. It's too much. I'm I'm not sure I agree 100%. I I, I get why. I don't think I...
1: Sasha went far enough. She should have pistol whipped <laughs> that woman, came into her and said, oh, my biggest fear is that I'll make you the wrong food. A bitch, I just ate a dog. I <laughs> ate a dog last week. Can you make dog? Because I can eat dog. Yeah, I poured out Aaron's <laughs> water because I thought he going to poison me. I almost shot him because he
0: surprised me when I was opening up a music box. So if you don't have these people being sheltered, how do you make that point? I don't know. If you don't have them talking about what wine they're drinking and uh, stinky dog breath and stuff like that, I I don't know how – how is he going to make the point that these people have been extremely sheltered and that's a problem.
1: I don't know. Like, I saw a, a footman on Downton Abbey that had gotten back from the line. Uh, he saw a military uniform because they're entertaining a general, and he lost a shit. That so, made a lot of sense. This guy went through the psalm. This is like, if you listen to Dan Carl, it's like hell on earth. It doesn't require, like, all... It, it, it's it's much more subtle and understandable thing if just everyday life, like someone talking about make you know making it doesn't have to be like their favorite thing and like oh my god this tea is so weak and like did you hear the stuff that they were talking about was something that you could get in any kind of like upper middle class mixer party that's the point is
0: that is the point though uh, yeah this is it. completely sheltered from the outside world these people have been living here for two years essentially since the very beginning they never changed they were sheltered from it from the very start. These people are who they were before this all changed. But I'm saying, is that is that really realistic? Like in people the scenario living, that they've set up, I think so, yeah. Even people living With in a war... With power and water and all the same shit that they had before, I think so. I don't know. Like I feel like that even like in in, in Britain
1: and the United States and during World Wars, just a simple rationing and like people being at war and being aware of people that you knew died yeah. kind of casts a pall on stuff. Without even having to try, and I felt like they were trying too hard. You're right. I don't want to belabor this because this is a very – I just wanted to kind of go on an amusing rant, and this is becoming uh more of like a – a thing that i wanted to be all right because you put me in a corner god damn it you don't put baby in a box you don't put baby in a corner don't put buttons in the corner i will fight out of that corner every single time i'm not i'm not in some black horse that's going to be chained to some paddock and, and ripped slurped apart up by like zombies. so much spaghetti <laughs> damn straight
0: <laughs> i want to fight i want to fight on this ground speaking of so much spaghetti <laughs> Daryl finishes up his spaghetti and eric asks him to keep an eye out for the pasta maker Aaron's like, hmm, nope, no, wrong move, wrong. Move. I haven't, I haven't told him yet, right? Uh, so then Aaron takes him out to the garage and shows him a bike that he can fix up, which makes Daryl's day. I, the biggest bullshit I want to call
1: this whole episode is this serious spaghetti. That is some <laughs> weak ass spaghetti.
0: <laughs> yes, that's spaghetti and tomato sauce, which is the weakest of the pastas. Yeah, yeah, you got the weakest of the pastas, the weakest of the sauces. Yeah, marinara sauce is a pretty weak sauce. Yeah. You combine those two, you you've don't, I don't even have it mar- serious spaghetti. I think spaghetti. it's tomato, like, sauce. <laughs> it's just mushed up tomatoes?
1: Yeah, it, No, it's just like you get a can of tomato sauce mm-hmm. and you pour it over spaghetti, and that's the meal. There's no meatballs. Okay. There's no mushrooms. There's no peppers. There's no, no nothing herbs. There's no spices. No. Nothing. My grandma made spaghetti like that. I did not call it serious spaghetti. I called it the <laughs> bullshit grandma's going to make, and we're going to eat because we're polite, and also she's got a cool swimming pool, and uh-huh. she loves us. <laughs>
0: you know? You're right. It's not serious spaghetti. It's nowhere near it. <laughs> uh, it's better than dog. Don't get me wrong. It's not a serious bike either. Mm. Like, this bike is not running. So Daryl's got to not only fix his bike, but now he's got to be a recruiter too. When does he get time, have time to fix that bike? I don't know. He's gonna need it because you gotta have a bike to recruit. Uh yeah, that seems weird. Can't do it in the Winnebago. No, it's not loud enough. <laughs> uh, so the one thing that that Aaron says here that I think is right on is that Daryl knows the difference between a good person and a bad person. I think from the start he has kind of known that. Okay.
2: <laughs> <All right. laughs> just yeah, this yeah. is just
1: this is an episode about blatant betrayals of podcasts. It's like podcasters <laughs> leaving each other out to dry, partners' disagreements, on each other. leaving me hanging. Nah, just, nah, fuck, right. Yeah, just that. Fuck yeah, your your point. Sure, whatever, man. Go with it. Let's see what you come up. No, um, I don't, I I don't know because There's a lot of like kind of too cute things. Like Aaron happened to shack up in a. A uh, garage that had a motorcycle, and he happened to be collecting motorcycle parts. Do you think that's Darryl's by chance, a, or
0: do you think he, he, he knew Daryl been coming? watching. He's been watching them for a while, and he said, no, Okay, guys, no. we're, I'm bringing these people back. Now move all these motorcycle parts into my garage. No, nah, I don't buy no. that. Okay, I I don't either. I'm just spitballing here. Nah, it's just something
1: they invented for his backstory, because it's a good angle for him. But, but that's yeah. the thing, like, it's the way into that's kind of lazy, because... A more interesting story is that these two that have nothing in common, you Hmm. know, um, I'm just going to assume that Aaron and Eric come from fairly, fairly well-to-do families. And, you know, he had his mother that, but, but they also have kind of like, you know, his mother was trying to turn him on gay by force feeding him applesauce. And Daryl's brother was putting cigarettes out on him, but whatever, you know, they had some family issues and they've also been like on the outside looking in. Because of their outsider situation, and they can bond over that. They don't need like
0: motorcycles. No, I don't think they needed it. Um I'm I'm not sure. Carol has been trying for seasons now to get into into Daryl's heart, right? Okay. To open Daryl up. Sure. Successful I, on a platonic f- level, not romantic. Fairly successfully. She I mean, he's still not showing her everything, obviously. Imagine how long it would take Aaron to get into that position without something like a bike. Mm. Some some physical manifestation of their bond. Okay. I, I feel like it was it was fairly necessary for that to happen to to expediate the process. Otherwise okay. you're looking at another three seasons of Daryl, why are you so angry? <laughs> That's not what Cause we no want. one's ever asked me to put together a motorcycle before. <laughs> I've been waiting I know there's motorcycles out there. <laughs> and the other thing he asks is, uh, hey, you want to be the scout, a recruiter? Right. Because uh, Eric is too weak, apparently. <laughs> He's sure. Just breaking his ankles on nothing. He's got bird bones. <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh, then we get a great scene of Abraham and Michonne. Uh, he goes out to the deck to drunkenly talk to Michonne about her steel. Uh, both the tiny steel she has in her hand and the steel she's going to keep on her back. Like the monkey, it is. Yeah, less like a monkey and more like a safety safeguard.
1: See, I know? like this as a lampooning of the Jesse speech. It's just like, you know, it doesn't really make sense and hold together and profound, but Abraham is so proud that he got through it. Uh-huh. And he, like, as soon as he gets the last word, it's like, I'm just going to
0: admire. That was, that was a good I'm going to admire
1: the verbal tapestry I just wove. Yeah. Uh, and Joan brings it crashing down. Yeah. How much have you been drinking anyway? (laughs) And then, you know, again, we've already talked about this, but Mm -hmm. the things worked out pretty damn well for me. Did they? No, no. Did they? You watched a woman and presumably your children get... Well, you didn't watch it, but you saw the evidence of them being ripped apart by zombies because mm-hmm. you scared the shit out of them beating men to death with your,
0: you know... You followed a lunatic across the country for no damn reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they worked out that I well. I get it, Rosita's hot, but yeah. I don't know that you
1: can say that with a straight face. But he does it. He does it with the help of a, you know, a 24-pack of beer, <laughs> a case of beer.
0: Yep. Carol sneaks into the pantry, steals some chocolate and guns, and then Sam walks. Why does she in. steal the chocolate? Just to be a dick?
1: Like fuck your rationing, Olivia. I, I'm taking I'm taking the guns and the chocolate. That's a good
0: question. Uh She's she's embracing Rick's takes what take what's ours philosophy? I think she wants to make more cookies. Mm. But to what end I don't know. Probably for Sam. Keep this yeah, yeah. Keep Sam's mouth shut. I don't think Sam's ever going to eat a cookie again. No, Sam. Sam's never going to eat again. No, you You get a box of animal crackers, he just breaks in and crying. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, so Sam walks in, and she scares the shit out of him. I love this scene. I thought it was great, too. I, I can't believe they went for it in the way they did, but it uh, worked. You
1: have, I mean, this is like a no-half-measures situation. Yep. The man-trap would be proud. Oh, yeah. And they went for it, both in the acting. I thought the kid did a really good job of uh-huh. like.
0: No, it's great. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, next scene, Judith hands off. And, and yeah, this other thing is, like, Judith. when I was a kid, like, adults,
1: there was a class of adults that did this. Uh, yeah. You, know, you always had the crazy aunt, uh, uncle uh-huh. or the old aunt or, like, in Game of Thrones, it's old Nan. Like, oh, my sweet summer child. You know nothing <laughs> about the way the real world works. Let me tell you about the murderers and the rapists and yeah. and all that stuff. And you were kind of, like, afraid, but you were also fascinated by it, you know? All right. Um, and and i think this is like a lot of people are talking about how like psychotic carol's i don't think carol sees this as psychotic i think carol sees this as being real with the kid
0: uh i mean she's directly threatening to tie him to a tree and leave him for the walkers right but the, she's basically carol has killed
1: children close to her uh uh-huh. because she had to yeah like carol is living in the new world order Carol doesn't give a shit about your notions of childhood and innocence and thing like this is like there are consequences right. for your actions, Sam, and one of those consequences is me snatching you up and tying you to a tree
0: and feeding you to walkers. <laughs> like in in Carol's
1: own mind, I don't think she sees this as
0: crazy. You're right. In Carol's mind, she certainly doesn't. Are we supposed to see it as crazy? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, how could we not see it as crazy? Uh, with
1: the like I said, the caveats I just la- you know laid out for you.
0: There was a damn good reason for her to kill Lizzie and Mika, or well, Lizzie, but t- to threaten this child and frighten him to death. I don't, I don't. Know, but that's man. the thing. She's like, this is
1: at worst psychological trauma. Who gives a shit? Carl and Judith have been through <laughs> worse. Survive it? No, yeah. right. I mean, I yeah. kind of. I mean, I'm not subscribing to this. You know, I'm not saying this is okay, but I'm saying in the zombie apocalypse, no I one, think-
0: re- no one reacted watching that scene for the first
1: time, going, "Yep." Carol's yep. fully justified? No, she's right. I know. She's right. I know that. I know that. I'm just. <laughs> again, so yes, we were supposed. To, betrayal of the podcasters. We, in this we pod- were supposed to see it as crazy, man. Okay, but I'm saying, like, and in, in, do you think Carol saw this as the worst thing she's ever? No, honestly, no. we saw this as the worst thing she's ever done. You're right. You're right. In a strange way, but Carol is to to her. This is like this is the same kind of thing as her talking to uh, Olivia about substituting applesauce for eggs like i feel like this is the exact same kind of Ooh, carol's gone dark man no it really she has yeah which is really amazing
0: mm-hmm. Uh jesse hands judith off to rick and he goes in for a kiss and it is <laughs> awkward i don't know i felt it was awkward you said oh she's smiling she she's happy about that I, I don't know, man. That's like, a complicated situation.
1: There was like a surprise, but her yeah. reaction to Rick kissing her was a smile.
0: Yeah. It, now that you now and, and, is and, that just politeness? Well, that's is the that thing. You could parse that as not like making her a being scene,
1: like exactly. And I do, this is a judgment call. Yeah. But my judgment said that this was a smile, like that was kind of nice. Okay. And I, you know she's uh, she's I might married by th-
0: that because with the way that I'm just gonna call him Ed 2.0 was treating her. Yes. Exactly. Uh, That seems like bad news. Like,
1: you substitute uh, Jesse for season uh, one Carol. Yeah. And, like, say, Daryl came up and gave her kind of a peck on the cheek. I Mm -hmm. think Carol smiles the same way. Yeah, maybe so. Um, Now, it's a little darker because, (laughs) you know, this this is a hero of the show, and he's considering murder. I think by the end of the episode, we're to
0: understand that he... Is seriously considering murdering Dr. Trump. And and the worst we've seen this guy do is be a slightly rude to her at a party. Right. It's not like we've seen her being beaten by this man or Yeah. Like everyone has been rude to Maybe he's
1: ha- to they're having they're having a bad day. We've seen
0: it in multiple instances on this very podcast.
1: <laughs> like everyone, <laughs> everyone's an asshole from time to time, right? Yeah. So like I don't know that the show has earned me saying, Yeah, go Rick. But that would be and in your you know, it wouldn't surprise me if later on we find out that, yes, this is all justified. Yeah. But it's interesting, at this point, with the knowledge that we and Rick know, this is a massive overreaction akin to stockpiling weapons to take over this town
0: from people. Sure. Definitely. Um, and it's also a very shame thing to do. It's it's very dark, man. I mean, the way last episode he was saying, if they can't cut it, we'll just take this place. Like we talked about. I almost about, feel like Rick is just going to take this woman. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's kind of fucking disturbing. Like we talked
1: about in the live watch, like we was like, "Whoa, look at the lobes on Rick; they're just engorged yeah. because you know John Berenthal has enormous earlobes." <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, I I feel like that they are echoing back to the Shane Shane aspect of his character. This yeah. is a very Shane thing to do. Mm-hmm. This
0: paternalism and protection can very quickly turn dark. Oh yeah, I think we're seeing it uh deanna tries to get sasha involved in the party conversation but she freaks out she she's deathly afraid of this inane bullshit uh she's disturbed by it and she screams this is what you people worry about yeah it's also silly too many
1: basic bitches in this in this crew for her yep
0: and then sasha tells deanna that this community isn't real and she sends her out to patrol the wall or something.
1: Indiana, for her to her credits, comes back with what she just says bullshit because that's a fair point too. Yeah, this is a real place. Like regardless of what you guys said, we are here, mm-hmm. uh, and
0: and and living life to a fairly high standard. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, Carol brings the guns to the meeting with Daryl and Rick, but Daryl doesn't want one. Rick almost reluctantly takes one like he's not super convinced about this at that at this point either yep um but he does take one so we've got a couple of gun toters walking around now daryl not interested yeah why do you think that is do you think he's happy about this new position he's got yes he's no longer on board with taking the place yeah no i mean he was a man without a position. And
1: without anyone he could relate to, and I think single-handedly, Aaron is someone he can relate to. And now he's got a position where he can see himself excelling at, okay. and being useful. Yeah, he's got a path in on society. For I mean, for a guy like Daryl who is raised in the sticks to be like some white power supremacist, drug-addled jackass, mm-hmm. like you know, imagine a guy like that walking through a strip mall. You know, there is no path into polite society. <laughs>
2: Sure. For yeah. the first
1: time, someone's giving him like the golden ticket. Like this is, if you do these things, things that you enjoy anyway, you will become mm-hmm. a pillar of this community. That's a powerful thing for him, like a way to get the prison, like his esteem and the prison, uh, at,
0: at a more stable, secure society. And he doesn't want to yeah. fuck that up. You're right. Uh, Michonne then hangs her sword on her dorm dorm room wall, uh, or turns her house into a dorm. By hanging it on the wall, I don't know, one of the two. Uh, symbolic of her, you know, keeping this thing on her back, doing exactly what Abraham said, I think. Right. Making sure it's there when she needs it, but also not constantly
1: relying on it. I think it's a terrible idea to hang a the bare metal steel of the sword on the the uh, nails. Like, it's a great way to get galvanic rust, but, you know. Okay,
0: <laughs> yeah. I would put, I'd put it on its sheath up there, but what do mm-hmm. I know? All right. Daryl and Carol and Rick return to town and go their separate ways. And then Rick sees Jesse as he walks by, nearly decides to kill her husband and then walks over to the wall and creeps me out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what he's doing over there, man, but he's listening to a walker on the other side and this is I've, I've said I've
1: said many times that the way that they use pop music on this show leaves me cold
0: a lot of the time yeah
1: but I felt like this is the first time where they've come equal to like a Boardwalk Empire or a Breaking Bad where this B G song was the just right amount of cognitive dissonance between the kind of um, the outwardly cheerful nature of the music and upbeat nature of the music with the kind of yep. melancholy lyrics with what the, yep. with the, what the character is feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's like not too on the nose, but also a perfect compliment. I mean, that's the highest praise I can get. If you're approaching like, you know, breaking bad pop culture mm-hmm. music references So I got to give it up to them because I thought it was perfect.
0: Yeah, the show that I always think of when they do something like this is Lost because they did a lot of this stuff with the hatches and a lot of stuff with the others. And uh, just kind of they used it more to the effect of throwing you out of your comfort zone. Like, where where am I? Sure. Well, what's going on here? Um, But here, yeah, I like, you know, we we clearly know that things are not happy here. Uh, not all is right, but they're playing a pop song like it is. So, and also they saw that we find out that this
1: gate is like a double gate. You've got like the solid steel bars, the cold rolled, the cold rolled, bar whatever. Uh, the solid steel bars, but then they also have a chain link gate that slides into place with the burlap covering the uh-huh. screens from view. So it's like a better than I thought. In fact, I got got multiple emails from people that seem to be, you know, material scientists or architects saying that external supports would be superior Mm -hmm. uh, the way that the tensile strength of steel and like, you know, if it's on the others, the the fact that it resists that um, better than like the buckling tension, that for Mm -hmm. standing up against zombie hordes, having the supports on the external side with proper concrete footings and all that stuff would be superior and actually be stronger yeah. Than a, f- a fence resisting it from the other side,
0: mm-hmm. and 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 the if, architect explains that. And and, you and if know. you
1: if you also buy that they really see zombies as a primary threat and people as yeah. a secondary threat, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So this is all my way of saying I'm sorry for talking shit about your set design, <laughs> Gimple. Uh, <laughs> sure, I sure. I think I think uh, as Rick says, it's it's suboptimal for keeping people out.
0: Yes. I and would just climb the bars for the dedicated supports.
1: attackers and all that stuff, but yeah. um, it fits in the theme of this uh, of this of this show and these people's
0: experience. Yep, I agree. Uh, so that's it, man. Um, I I don't know what's going on with Rick at the wall. I, I'm not sure if he's happy to we be here looking at this, this. A but yeah, I I could see that. I could also see. Uh, well, I'm going to fucking take this place. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going through Rick's head at the end of this. I miss zombies. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) So we have an ad this week. Uh, and this is from a company that I really like. It's Harry's.com. They are a monthly shave club type deal, uh, where you basically say, Hey, I want X many razors, X many shaving creams, and they'll send that to you uh, on a monthly supply, bi-monthly, whatever you need.
1: And I have to recuse myself because a razor has not touched his face for nigh on three years. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're looking like Rick over there. <laughs> oh, pfft. I put
1: Rick to shame.
0: You do, you do, frankly. Rick
1: wishes he looked like me.
0: Uh, Yeah, but me, me, I like to stay mostly dolphin smooth. And yeah. so I do use this product. I I really like these razors. Like I was a, a fusion guy, a Gillette fusion guy for a long time.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, and those were pretty good. And then I switched over to another company with like the dual blade razors. Hated them hated them harry's comes with four razors um four blades in their razor uh really really enjoying like their shaving cream and their their razors uh the presentation is great on these so when you go in and you look at the box it's like all nicely packaged and it looks like they put some thought into it and and really like care about this stuff um so i've been super happy with them right now they're offering a deal for you guys so if you go in and you go to Harry's dot com, H A R R Y S dot com, use the promo code BaldMove, you get five bucks off your order. Wow. So, yeah. So so right now is a good time to do that.
1: And this. I said I accuse myself, mm-hmm. but I gotta say, your cheeks as smooth as baby Judith's butt and you smell real nice.
0: <laughs> it's getting creepy in here, so that's the end of the ad. <laughs> From one man to another. You All smell right. really nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got to leave. So uh, harrys.com, use the promo code baldmove, get five bucks off. What do we have for feedback? A lot. Uh,
1: Rachel A. said in your episode, this is the only one I, I called from from previous uh, episodes, but she goes, in your episode on the distance, Aeron expressed disbelief that you could find a Hawaii plate on the East Coast. Personal antidote incoming. I moved from Hawaii to Columbus, Ohio back in October, and we shipped our car. I'm lazy as fuck and haven't switched her plates out yet, so I'm still driving with Hawaii plates in Ohio. Uh, So we know there's one. (laughs) Yeah, we know there is one. You'd be surprised how many people move from Hawaii back to the mainland and ship their cars. It's actually a fairly big business. Lots of people move out to Hawaii, but only last a year or so and wind up (laughs) moving back home. Plus, there are a ton of military families who move around and have their cars shipped from Hawaii, which has a bunch of military bases. Camp. I guess my point is that it's probably pretty rare, but I wouldn't be shocked to find a Hawaii plate near D.C. And that's our point. It's really rare.
0: It's really and rare. And the further east you go, the more rare it is. I don't know that that's true.
1: I think that's the true. With military base and people just moving things. Like Military so bases, thing. maybe, but. My, my My gut tells me that shipping a car from Hawaii is the expense. That once uh-huh. you get into the United States, it's only a couple hundred dollars
0: more. Yeah, to I'm not to arguing expense. I'm arguing the mix of culture and people there between like California and Hawaii is much greater than the mix on the East Coast.
1: Okay. Well, we got one in Ohio. A one. So in the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> I'm we're going go to we're, we're be looking for your car, Rachel. Yep. We got Whether we'll, you're we'll,
0: alive or not, we're coming at you. <laughs> we'll have our
1: Apache hovering. Just over the horizon, scoping out those Hawaii plates. Don't
0: forget, we've got that.
1: (laughs) Jeremy R. says, The thing that sticks out the most to me is the walkers with the dubs on the foreheads. Yeah, I didn't think that much of it at first until I saw Jesse's son place the A stamp on Rick's hand. My mind traveled back to Deanna saying the exiled three people. His theory is the wolves are those people, and the W is a fuck you to Alexander, saying if the living don't want us, the dead are our people. That is an interesting take. That just like the little kid is marking A's on people, they're marking W's. All right, I like it.
0: I like it too. W- what is, what is the W world? This is the world. Wolves. Uh, well, yeah, but <laughs> w- what is Alexandria? It's the place that they're in. It's not yeah. the name
1: of the people. It's the wolves. They're 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 using wolves like sleeping bags out there, like alpacas. Right. Yep. So many alpacas. Like guile suits. <laughs> <laughs> Nick said the amount of foreshadowing the unknown wolf group uh, of the unknown wolf group in this episode was crazy for Rick Carroll and Daryl. Uh, first, Rick Carroll and Daryl see the walker with the W brand. Rickton tells Deanna that a hostile group could simply walk up to supports and over the wall. And the cherry on top was the full moon shown prior to the party. They might have well sampled that Abraham. A- They might have well sampled a lone wolf howling at that point. Uh. I was so ready for a hostile assault from the wolves while all the Alexandrians were chatting around about first world problems. They could have given Rick's group the chance to save the day and show how misguided they really are. Begin to assume command. Point being, Diana Deanna said that she would post Spencer in a clock tower immediately, but then we see him posted as a hostess at after local Chili's. Uh-huh. Her ignoring the suggestion shows her inability to properly defend Alexander. While Rick's group saves the sheep from the wolves and becomes their shepherd, thoughts. That seems like a pretty concise plot synopsis, which of, of what might happen in the next three episodes.
0: That sheep's from the wolves thing is interesting because they're treating
1: him like like. They haven't used a word, but this the, their attitude screams like crazy YouTube conspiracy theory sheeple. Yeah, a bunch of sheeple behind these walls. They don't know how the real world works.
0: Sure, and I mean, you know, we saw I don't know a ram or a sheep or a goat or something out there that you. Olivia's wearing
1: a wool sweater. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> it's gone too far now.
1: <laughs> Next email. Uh, Uh, Oh, our buddy Yardley from Talking About the Walker podcast, which we did a little season preview with uh, before this season 5B, said, "Uh, overall thought this is a solid episode. I wonder how many people who are outraged at Lori for sleeping with Shane after thinking Rick was dead will be outraged at Rick for putting the moves on a married woman. I think there will definitely be a double standard in the outrage department. It also seems that Rick is taking on some of the attributes of the
0: villains they've encountered over the course of the show. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Double standard, my ass. Okay. Lori had no idea whether Rick was sure. dead. Uh, and it was like a week. Yeah. A week, and she's in the sack with Shane. Rick has gone like a year now, knowing for a fact that she is dead. He's got license. Are you calling Lori a whore? <laughs> I called her that in season two, so for sure, why not? <laughs> uh, right? There's a huge difference here. Huge. Knowing for a fact that your spouse is dead. Yes, Rick is worse, is what you're saying. No, Rick, as so, far
1: so, as the so the adultery scale goes, Lori no. and Shane shacking up several weeks after Rick goes missing in a zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. is morally defensible. Rick reaching for his gun when he sees a couple walking down the street is okay.
0: No, I think okay. I, just I think want to make Lori sure, jumped cause that's into that. Getting. Lori jumped into
1: that bed way too soon. Hmm. I don't think it's an inhuman reaction though.
0: Yeah, maybe not. Maybe I think not, Rick's, but
1: Rick's action is kind of the definition of inhuman.
0: Give it a little time. Give it a little time, Lori. Okay.
1: Well, there you go, Yardley, you're getting you're
0: getting it right here from
1: this podcast. Unbelievable. Uh It also seems that Rick is taking on some attributes of the villains they've encountered over the course of the show. And remember, Rick spoke on the potential of maybe having to take Alexander if things didn't work out, which is kind of a Governor-esque point of view. In this episode, we see Rick grabbing for the pistol he had in his waistband when Jesse walked by with her husband, which seemed to mirror the moment in Season 2 when Shane was considering killing him in the woods over Lori. Uh, Hmm. It's actually Season 1 where he pulls the uh, shotgun and... uh, uh, pretend murders him. Hmm. I think it's official that Sasha is the remixed version of Andrea from this point in the comics. Oh, is that a spoiler? I don't think so. Okay. Because Andrea's dead yeah. and she's the sniper of the group. So, yeah, that's Sasha's exactly what the I was thinking. Of the group. Yeah. I heard your show on episode nine, What Happened to and What's Going On, and you were wondering what Kinte and I thought of Tyrese being killed off. We'll miss him as much as we miss rocks in our shoes. Peace. <laughs> So there we go. Yeah, they. I kind of thought that they didn't care
0: that much for. Tyrese. Not, not a big fan
1: of Tyrese. <laughs> nope. Tyrese too soft. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that. Yeah. Thanks for uh, emailing in, Yardley. Hope you guys are having a good time with the season because we're we're
0: kind of digging it. It's turned itself around. I mean, it would. Granted, it took three or four episodes to get to. And the what scares point.
1: me is this could be like some special confluence of events, and they could turn it around just as quickly. Yeah. But Alexander seems to be the sapph, or what's ailing him. I hope so. Uh, Max from Winnipeg says, do you guys see the street name in the last scene with Rick? It was Morgan street. Bump, bump, bum. Yeah. Yep. First to many to point that out. Is yes. that just an Easter egg? Or yeah. is that, uh, foreshadowing the, I mean, if we don't, I mean, who... if foreshadowing,
0: Morgan... they've shown the goddamn character. <laughs> what, what more foreshadowing do you need? five he's fo- shadowing ones. He's following them on a fucking map with a line drawn to where they're going. <laughs> what do you want? Uh,
1: what do you say if we get to 516, no Morgan? Do you say bullshit?
0: Uh Do you think that's a possibility that we don't see Morgan? I, I definitely think it's a possibility. Oh, I Christ. think as far as what I've heard of the timeline, he's months behind them, right? So they would have to be in this community for at least a couple of months. Yeah, but they had to walk to last like
1: 50 miles because... That's right. They can't find an abandoned car. And Morgan car. can fly, so we know <laughs> he can uh yeah he's a, he's, i could see him coming back he's in a the, wendigo the final episode yeah adam j said when daryl was taken out or taken into the garage and looks under the tarp i couldn't help but secretly hope to hear one thing gosh you're big you're so big <laughs> oh my, my goodness look at you fill me up chandler put it in me
0: oh that's extra disturbing with chandler riggs on the set <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh little little uh, better call Saul there in your walking dead analysis. Yep. Thanks Adam. Uh Osin W said is it really a W on the walker's forehead or is it an M? M oh as in Morgan? Hmm. Oh my god. Morgan confirmed. Yep. 516 yep. he's coming. He's going to be at the debt he's he's going to be at the gates riding a C of M carved
0: Surfing them down the
1: zombies. He's going to mm-hmm. be like uh Uh, Cyrus from 300 or Xerxes, yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, he's gonna be riding a throne powered by zombies, all carved with M's on their heads. All right, good stuff. Megan P said, We've learned that Daryl didn't have the greatest upbringing, his understanding of familiar relationships is quite warped to say the least. He was literally following Merle down a path that led to watching his brother almost get shot over a TV show. Then, wham bam, the end of the world happens, and Daryl was given a chance to be someone new and reinvent himself. Daryl takes this opportunity to become a group member that is dependable and irreplaceable, which leads to him building relationships with the group members. At this point, Daryl's past issues come smacking him right back in the face. Let me expand. His relationship with Doodlebug. I never got a love interest feel from either of them, more of a big brother, little sister feel, which has Daryl questioning everything he knows about how to interact with her. This comes to light when Daryl and Beth are in the house, downing white lightning like it's water, and he loses it. He starts to yell at her and force her to shoot his bow. Oh, boy. At that Mm -hmm. moment, Beth forces him to recognize his feelings of brotherly love for her when she says that he will be the last one standing. He wants to be a good, quote-unquote, big brother to Beth, but he doesn't know how. When Beth is taken and Daryl doesn't get a chance to fix what he inadvertently broke, Uh, while going on a crazed hunt to rescue her and their relationship, he discovers a book to help at the shelter. The act of picking up that book and packing away shows that Daryl wants to work on this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So far, so good, except for... I. I definitely got more than brother and sister relationship out of Daryl and Beth, Hmm. but then she moves on to Carol. Carol represents a big sister to Daryl who gives him love guidance and unyielding acceptance and support. This obviously boggles poor Daryl's mind because of all of these things are what he wants, but he mistrusts them after Beth and the hospital ending. Daryl does what many people with an abusive past do when he hits, when hit with a massive loss, they retreat, retreat, retreat. Carol, who understands him on such a level knows when to push and when to be quiet and just be there while Daryl works through his feelings in a semi-positive way, subtracting the cigarette burns. So when Carol rolls up in her pre-zombie get-up in Alexandria, Daryl's left to wonder where he fits in. And this is her theory on why Daryl is having problems adjusting to life in Alexandria.
0: Okay. Unresolved issues with both
1: Beth and Carol.
0: And Merle, yeah, obviously. And Uh, Merle. Sure, I I can get behind that, and I like uh, how she points out you know, the exact parallels. There. The thing that bothers me is that
1: I buy that Daryl has more of a brother sister relationship with Carol. I think that Carol wants, I mean, you know, big sisters don't fucking sexually flirt with their, their younger brothers. Um, and I also don't buy the analysis of Carol or uh, Beth and uh, Daryl being just friends.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I and mean, it never got beyond that, but yeah, I felt yeah. like it was on a trajectory to do so.
0: You know, I thought so at the time too. And I, Without going back and watching it again, I'd have to say that I still think that. Okay. So, yeah, I'm kind of on your side there. Um, the the Carol stuff, though, I it felt like any kind of sexuality that came from that was on Carol's end always. Um, yeah. I, I never felt any of that from Daryl. No. And they, they've said, so they've left Daryl's sexuality ambiguous on purpose. Sure. And they said that at some point they're going to address it. I wonder if that's going to come into play with Aaron at all. Yeah, because we've
1: talked about him being asexual. We've talked about him yeah. being just, you know, hetero flexible. Uh, I yeah, I kind of thought that too. There was a couple people that emailed that, and I didn't consider them because uh, I don't think they were giving. Because you you're the... scared. No, Aaron, I don't. I don't think scared. the people emailing us were considering it with the seriousness with which the concept ah. deserves. Let's put okay. it that way. Uh. Um, but yeah, and
0: I'm fine with that. Yeah, I've, I've always had that in the back of my head, saying they're going to deal with this at some point. When sure. is it going to happen? Because it's been a long time. They were saying that in season three. So it's got to wow. happen sooner or later. Uh, Willie Mai
1: has a good point about Sasha's outburst. I totally agree with her reaction, but I can't understand why anyone in the town would put her in that situation, which is what I was trying to articulate <laughs> and okay. and failing with my flailings of Downton Abbey. They've clearly established that there is a lot of experience bringing new people into the community. Aaron has demonstrated procedures for learning about people with the listening device, how to gain their trust about how to transport them to Alexandria, and so on and so on. So new people being brought in shouldn't have been an unfamiliar experience. Why, oh God, why is Martha Stewart here trying to give Sasha the full court press on her favorite fucking food? not trying to befriend her with a comforting presence, not trying to let Sasha proceed at her own pace, comfortable for her, not even recognizing on her face a projection of someone who doesn't give a shit about your goddamn book club and is just a pain in pain just being there. I bet most of the outcasts were fucking happy to get away from this passive-aggressive bullshit. Mm. Uh, I totally agree. This seemed extremely tone-deaf and something that Deanna, who is supposedly good at reading people, should have picked up on before she invited them all to this massive
0: townwide mixer. Yeah,
2: what,
0: especially like, when Sasha's got the crazy eyes coming to her yes, saying, I want to be a sniper. Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: Hmm. I want to see the lights in her eyes go out when <laughs> I shoot them.
0: <laughs> one shot, one kill.
1: <laughs> uh, he continues, I found it interesting how everyone was bashing poor Miss Niedermeyer about her inane <laughs> ramblings of pasta maker <laughs> with their very own inane ramblings about Miss Niedermeyer. It's the circle of life. True. Yeah. True. Hey, here's a treat. Professional podcast critic Daniel WB. All right. Makes the semi-rare, once-per-season appearance. Here's Mm -hmm. his proclamation. Have to call bullshit on another fraudulent Hollywood portrayal of an architect. No way that guy shares any credit for the construction of his wall. (laughs) Wait. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) Additionally, I found that Carol breaking entering a bit bogus as well. She goes full-on calculating secret agent, but an eight-year-old kid somehow gets to drop on her. She could have come up with a story about a chocolate chip addiction rather than turn the kid into a born-again bedwetter. Yeah,
0: it's, yeah, that's that's the thing that was weird about it and why Carol went so dark so immediately. Yeah. That freaked me out, man. Uh, they seem to be
1: catching up to comics faster than Game of Thrones, uh, stepping on ga- uh, George RR. Any concerns? Um, I think they're in the mid-60s, early 70s, comic book-wise, and they're like at 135-ish, 140-ish. So no, not really. It just feels yeah, it feels like they're catching up hot, hot in the heels because they're actually doing things and advancing the plot more mm-hmm. so than they've done arguably in the last season and a half. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a true statement since being exiled from the prison.
0: Well, they did this, la- which was quick. They went through terminus fast,
1: but it didn't really. It didn't really move the plot forward.
0: No, you're right. You're right. It didn't. Um, it was entertaining enough diversion. It, it did a little bit, like you know, it makes them even more scared of people outside.
1: Sure, but, um, but
0: yeah, I mean, other than that, it's yeah, it's a kind of throwaway.
1: But no, I'm not. I'm not concerned. I'm. On, I'm honestly hoping that they, you know, can kind of. There's there's so much more story to tell in this back. I guess this is the back half of Walking Dead where I find it was much more interesting than the previous half of walking Hmm. dead. So, um, I'm not concerned. I think that 12 issues a year, they can easily, I mean, they're, they're five, six years away from catching up to current if they play their cards, right? Yeah. Um, Fernanda W slash V said, I love the last scene where Rick is pictured across the wall from a walker and you can see the animal trying to get into the place where the human is, or basically where they are a mirrored version of one another, or something like this, and she apologized because her English is not her first language. Which you never have. Uh, English is my first language. I butcher it all the time. <laughs> this is the wrong podcast to come feeling sorry for one's lack of mastery of the English language. Um, I so she's basically, I think, trying to communicate the fact that it's kind of like the zoo. You know, you're you're staring at an animal behind bars, and you are a person on the outside, and you know. Are you the caged animal? Do you feel more affinity to this zombie outside? You than have you do a to way people? more
0: introspective view when you go to the zoo than I do. <laughs> <laughs> if you're thinking deep thoughts, I'm just like, oh, cool, a bear. Yeah. No, I mean, but I feel there's a little bit of that with
1: Rick that he kind of feels more kinship with the zombie than he does to the people here in Alexandria.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, I like I said, I'm puzzled about what that last scene means. I gotta think about it some more. All right.
1: Moving on to Tom from Pittsburgh said Carol's scene with the cookie kid was by my far my favorite. The lighting <laughs> on her reminded me of every Disney movie where the evil queen slash evil woman makes her ultimate intentions known. Did they light her from beneath? Yes. Okay. And I think that's because that's how it works, yeah. Because like wasn't the freezer open and there's a light in the freezer? Uh, maybe so. There might have been a good reason yeah. for that, or but the
0: window is kind of low in that building. It
1: worked well, and he also notes that the way her hair was highlighted, it looked like she had devil horns.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: so she's Maleficent.
0: Uh, sure, I like Basically. Carol as Maleficent. That is a, uh, a lighting technique that tends to do that, though. If you light someone from the bottom, it's very unnatural lighting. Yeah, we did that and, on and the Halloween episode of the Lunch yeah. at Jim and Aaron. And that's why people do that, because it's just so unnatural and weird. Sure. throws people off. The sun is in the sky. Exactly. The lights are in the sky. Yeah. So that's basically what they're trying to do anytime you see someone lit from
1: below. Hmm. Molly says, it occurs to me that all the characters that Carol has changed the most, or out of all the characters, Carol has changed the most and Daryl has changed the least. Carol's gone from victimized to hero and after forget, possibly to victimizer. Her constant may be a survivor theme, but I was wondering what's becoming or what becoming Scarol will do to her. <laughs> Scarol. I like that. Uh-huh. That's good. That's good, Molly. Um also we wondered what her final transformation was going to be. hmm Child threatener. Scarol. Scarol. She went from Scrambo to Scarol. <laughs> <laughs> um, killing Lizzie had some impact on her, but she seems completely fine in awesome fashion with giving Cookie Boy eternal nightmares. However, Daryl, on the other hand, doesn't seem to have changed much at all. He was in his own world before, and people were forced into it. Now that formal former normals that's a hard one to say, it's like a yeah. rural juror. Formal normals want to go back in a civilized society, they seem to be exiting this world again. He's also somewhat lost without an older brother figure. He was second to Merle, then to Rick, and now that Michonne has been deputized with that position, he is floundering. And last episode until Aaron comes to take the mantle. I agree he needs he
0: daryl seems to need to be a second banana well he got his wish he's gonna be aaron's second banana third
1: banana arguably
0: no don't do it (laughs) don't do it don't go there there's no what
1: what we can have we can that we talk talk about the meachem threechum uh-huh but we can't have a daryl sandwich is that what you're saying no i I guess you can have a daryl sandwich yeah why not George S. said, I just want to give you uh, a note to tell you guys a story that reminded me of Sasha's outbreak at Deanna's party. I am a U.S. Army veteran, and I've served in Operation Enduring Freedom, and I don't know what the OIF is, and I've spent most of that time in a 50-man tent with 140-degree weather, camel spiders, incoming mortars, and air raid sirens. We lived in questionable conditions, Mm. but we didn't mind because we survived and suffered together. Most veterans get two weeks off in between active tour to return home to their families before finishing the tour itself, which could last anywhere from 12 to 16 months. I was nine months into a 12-month tour in Iraq when I was selected to take leave early. I packed up all my duffel bags, brushed the mountains of sand off the rest of my gear, and spent the next week waiting for a flight back home. Thinking of just seeing my family made each day easier to get through, but on the last day, I heard something that made me flip my lid. It was an exceptionally hot day, and we'd taken some mortar fire earlier, but I was able to get online and use the internet to Skype with my family. I was also care- always careful not to worry them, so I asked them what they were up to on that side. Have you heard what happened? It's horrible. Everyone here is talking about it, my mom said. Uh, I asked what happened in a somber voice. She replied, Taylor Swift was going up for an award, and Kanye West got up and stole oh my the moment God. from her. I felt so bad. Everyone is worried. The poor girl... For her, I yelled? Bad for her? Yeah. Is that what you people back home are worried about? The next celebrity? <laughs> There's a war going on and people are dying and anyone who can talk about is what's on MTV? I was angry, but more yep. sad and disappointed that people were going out of their way to ignore the ugliness of war. It felt like the body count and casualties were things that regular people didn't want to bother with. I've since calmed down about the matter, but seeing Sasha flip out at the intentional ignorance of the Alexander citizens hit very much home for me, and it was very well done uh first of all thank you george for your service Mm -hmm. and i i mean i totally got her motivation but that is a great example of how fucking pointless people can get yeah hell i don't care about kanye snatching shit from taylor west i'm not in the middle of his war zone it's like okay whatever at least dinner's important yeah at least
0: dinner's important come on taylor swift who gives a fuck
1: yeah like yeah food can put you know in your belly and make you live uh, <laughs> That's Taylor what it's for. Swift is like sure she can write a fine song and Kanye can cra- Tanya, Tanya. Kanye can 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 craft a fine beat but who gives a fuck yeah <sighs> anyway thank you for the story moving on Mr Rockin Rock and uh, Rock he said he had a problem with what he calls the not the cold open but the tepid opening <laughs> when watching the Sasha centric cold open my feelings went from okay okay we get it to wait a minute I don't get it. When I thought about it and had a chance to rewatch it, there's, here's what I could make out. She's still haunted by her recent losses. Then she pulls a Dick move, taking other folks' family portraits and busting them up all Tony Montana style, Tana style, I guess. Uh, at least that's what I thought they were. The fact that the portraits grace Sasha's now empty house suggests that they were a previous residence, and all of them are worn or worm slash zombie food by now. If that's the case, why would the welcoming committee leave them there? That's like renting an apartment to someone with the previous resident's chalk outline still on the floor. <laughs> but whatever, this is The Walking Dead. I suppose the pictures represent ghosts, and this whole scene was Sasha's way of exercising them. That she remained freaked out and completed the ritual it means the exorcism didn't take out. Still, whatever it's supposed to mean, I didn't find it worthy of a cold open.
0: Yeah, I'm mostly with you. Uh, maybe. We had maybe, a different thing. Maybe those were ghosts, but either way, yeah, it doesn't work. She She is not. Uh, getting any kind of catharsis from this. I thought that this
1: a lot of these houses are unsold houses and they have just like stock yeah, that's imagery what I thought and too. stock f- furniture and yeah. like it's really interesting that Aaron and Eric's house still have like the for sale sign
0: Yeah, yeah. under the windows, contract or something they say which I'm like, I feel like if you had guys move into
1: a house within six months you'd have gotten around to taking the stickers off the window. You'd think so, yeah. But Apparently, not. They got other things to do, like obsess over dinners and chocolate bars and that kind of stuff. (laughs) Make shitty spaghetti. Uh, Arsenal security. So Olivia is keeper of arms. I understand this is a community of the unprepared, but all anyone needs to do to check out weapons is a story about what boss lady wants or desire to do some target practice or a whimsical desire for some crack of dawn boar hunting by a person who is obviously unstable, quietly belligerent and completely new to community. Uh-huh. And speaking of Arsenal security, why exactly does Carol steal the guns? I thought it was our gang. So our gang could be armed within the walls after check-in time for the registered ones. So after she stole them, why did she sneak them back out and divvy them outside the outside the walls? If they're to be stashed outside, that would have made sense. But Rick clearly smuggled his back in. It made no
0: sense. <laughs> he has a fine point here. He's right. He's right. Uh, Carol could have just walked in and said, "I need chocolate and guns. What yeah. for? Oh, I'm making a cake. Okay, here's your guns. <laughs> sure, like, that's what Sasha did. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't get it. Um. And yeah, Yeah. the the gun smuggling stuff. Inside the wall, outside the wall. I I feel like that
1: dilapidated trailer park is the designated uh, I hate Alexandria or an Alexandria hater zone. That's where the clubhouse meets. Oh, yeah, definitely. But
0: it's Enid's going to be there
1: soon. (laughs) You know what? We didn't see anything of Enid this week. We did She's dead. Too many cooks. I wonder (laughs) if they are going to find out that she is overhearing these people's. Because that was one of our big theories last week. Is that Enid's the one that stole the gun? Yeah. yeah. Enid's hanging around in these abandoned houses. Enid could have overheard all these conversations, mm-hmm. and these conversations would make Rick look horrifying. Yeah. Uh, Topher T said, "I think Carol might still try to find a way to make the child go missing, as her threat doesn't guarantee that they, he won't eventually say anything." God, solid point.
0: Yeah. No, uh, that's she's right. take
1: because you don't think we we kind of glossed over this, but what's the end game here? Sam has a shit scared out from him. Uh, he comes back from the party, and he's quiet and withdrawn and doesn't want to sleep by himself.
0: They go home that night. Yeah, and they tuck him in. He has nightmares, wakes up screaming. Yeah. What's wrong, Sam? What's wrong? Yeah. I can't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Carol said she'd kill me if I did. Like, <laughs>
1: there's n- not, uh, you know, it was an awesome scene, but I don't know if it's the best way to play it.
0: Yeah, it, that's fair. Uh,
1: She's taken drastic precautions before True And now that they've sneaked the guns out She might be more inclined to do so I'm surprised she wasn't shown mentioning to Rick and Daryl Which I imagine would have convinced them to return the guns In case of keeping an inventory Which would be the only logical thing in a storage room um, Yeah One of the cool things about this season This half season Is the the, the playing with Rick as the bad guys Yeah Rick as the governor what if Rick has to put Carol down?
2: <laughs>
0: Look at the flowers, Carol. Yeah. Or I banishment part two. Yeah, it could be. Ban- <laughs> Man, if she gets double banished, she needs to give up on communities. <laughs> double banished.
1: Well, she kind of brings it on herself, though, right? She does. That's the thing. She needs like to just killing stop. killing sick people and dragging them outside and burning them is extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, threatening a child with tying them to a tree and leaving them for zombie food, also extreme. Yeah. Uh, Tim from Melbourne, has Carol become a psychopath by the standards of normal pre-zombie apocalypse world? What do you think, man?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. What's your definition of psychopath? That's what I'm saying. Like, I've had relatives scare me in similar
1: fashion, Mm -hmm. and it was just considered good, clean fun. So, I get it that we're in the 21st century, and, you know, kids are put on pedestals and, and whatnot, but in... In the context of the zombie apocalypse, this is essentially old Nan Game of Thrones Sweet Summer Child shit.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's also a little different when, like, maybe she's also this isn't planning a violent
1: overthrow of the community. You can't, you can't forget that.
0: Sure, there's that, but also this is not her kid, or even her brother or sister's kid. Like, this isn't family. This is just some kid. Well, I mean, that's the other thing. She's it's walking like, up and threatening the shit out of him. Right, but on the other hand, she killed.
1: Uh, was it Le- not Leslie? Um, Lizzie. Lizzie. She yeah. killed Lizzie, and Lizzie violently killed Mika. Mm-hmm. And then was it Patrick in the showers that got killed? I mean, she's seen a lot of violence around children. Like little baby ass kicker almost had her neck snapped a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Carl almost got raped at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. She's essentially just putting the fear of God into this kid. No, you're right. From her perspective, I think that this this is just, uh, you know, like. Sh- Carl would hear this and not even bat an eyelash. So she's just giving a sheltered coddled kid a little bit of something to think about. <laughs> now, is that psychotic from pre-zombie <laughs> apocalypse
0: standards? I don't know. I my gut says yes. My gut says child abuse, but <laughs> like mental child abuse, emotional uh, abuse.
1: Tim also asked, Do you think that Rick is vastly more interesting character from the Boy Scout of earlier seasons? I think Andrew Lincoln has also improved at least 200%. What do you think about that? He's good. He's good. I think Rick is definitely more interesting. Um, And and he wasn't always a Boy Scout. He's also a screaming psychopath. But this is a much more nuanced, interesting look for for Rick.
0: Yeah, I think I said this a couple of episodes ago when they were first getting to Alexandria. Yeah, I, I like what Rick has become. I think it's far more interesting than just good guy Rick. All right, final non-spoiler email. It's Sarah
1: doing a deep dive into the kiss scene. Oh, okay. Because she is a -a Rickophile, and she wants to have Rick's babies. All right. So she watched this, like, the Zapruder film. (laughs) Uh, She's wanting to talk about the music sound design. Uh, As Jesse and Judith approach Rick, the first thing I noticed sound-wise is a high-pitched, plinky instrument playing a lullaby. Uh, Hmm. She looked it up. It's actually a way in a manger, which is weird because it's not just any lullaby. It's a Christmas carol. But as I'm writing this, I'm thinking, huh, I bet that was no accident. I wonder if the creators aren't going for a vibe of Jesse has Virgin Mary type radiant maternity. Because she also – Radiant maternity? I I don't even know what that means. So I cut out a whole preceding multiple paragraphs of her talking about the visual of Jesse standing there with baby on hip with Mm a very modest but form-hugging dress that reveals all of her curves and her hips and her breasts. And Judith's hand is resting on her breast as like a very motherly, like earth matron, earth okay. earth mother kind of role. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of all background. Now you're caught up. Uh, <laughs> in any case, a way in a manger sounds like it's coming from a music box or a baby's hanging mobile. It evokes a, a child's nursery imagery. Mm-hmm. A way in a manger persists through the kiss, and after Jesse leaves the scene, it even continues as we cut to the next shot, which Deanna walks towards Sasha, asking her to join other guests in conversation. What I noticed on repeat viewings is that the KISS scene has another layer of sound. In addition to a way in the manger, in addition to general background noise, I heard this only when I hooked up to the stereo with the volume way up. Is it a deep eighty synth? She's, <laughs> <laughs> she's listening to this on 11, and she says there's an eerie, very low-pitched, almost subaudible, sustained music-slash-noise that I can only describe as roiling. This roiling noise persists through the KISS kiss. It persists after Jesse leaves the frame. It persists during a post-kiss close-up on Rick, but the roiling cuts out immediately as the camera cuts to Deanna, even as other sounds, such as a way in the manger and a general background noise, continue. Huh. I believe the roiling is there to work subconsciously, putting me in Rick's head where this, his thoughts and feelings are, well, roiling away. I think Rick's experienced a booze-addled mix of lust and desire, sensations long dormant in him. And while I doubt he's at the point where he's consciously thinking any of this out, Here he is in a situation where the first object of his desire he's had in ages is not available. She, quote-unquote, belongs to someone else, and so just as his desire is reawakened, so is the knowledge that he has an obstacle keeping him from it. Pete slash Dr. Trump slash civility slash humanity, what have you. I think Rick's predatory animal instinct is going to be reactivated. Up until this point, Rick's animal instinct has served to help him and his family survive, now, for the first time, there's a suggestion that this same animal aggression could be used for taking instead of protecting. Mm-hmm. Jim, what do you think?
0: That is definitely a deep dive analysis of this scene, and I appreciate it. I thought it was cool. Um, Those were things that I was not noticing during the watches. Well, we need to during go during crank the that scene
1: up to 11. I guess so. Then um, we'll hear the, the, the dull roar, the roiling.
0: And I think she brings it all back around to kind of the same points that we made, right? Um, where rick you know or or at least i was i was worried about him potentially wanting to take jesse like he would take this place i think he still does yeah no i i'm with you i, th- I think he does uh that's that's a very dangerous thing in this community hmm. i i i firmly believe that his group could take this place especially as they walked into it i wonder as they get more acclimated to it if his group is going to put up a stink if Rick tries to take this place and tries to take Jesse and all that shit i I imagine the rest of the group who's acclimating pretty well is not going to like that. yeah, can you imagine Rick just shooting a dude in
1: cold blood in the streets yeah
0: what what would even his group think about that Rick why did you do why did you do that? Well, Jesse yeah she's
1: <laughs> kind of cute she she looked like an earth mother she, she had a husband did you guys and not hear, and... did you guys not hear the lullaby in the background the... what was i supposed to do <laughs>
0: but you're not paying attention to the low roiling come yeah, on rick the roiling in my head is just yeah. too loud to ignore so i it's a volatile situation and yeah. uh it's it's something i'm definitely interested in seeing more of as we go forward uh,
1: that's all we got. We got some spoiler stuff to consider in the spoiler section, as we are wont to do. If you'd like to add to our uh, email heap, it's it's graduated heap status. Huh. Uh, you can do so at watchingdead at com. Get on our forums at forums.baldmove.com and participate in the show threads or on com slash baldmove. Or you can get at Jim on Twitter, make some funny, some funny haha's. Yep, Keep up with the release schedule it's good Make for it that. quick though,
0: 140 characters
1: 140 characters, twit longer <laughs> Tweet longer, whatever, twit longer is more like it uh, There you go That's it, spoiler section yeah.
0: We'll be back right after uh, next week's episode With the Instant Cast Unless you're sticking around for spoilers And until then, I'm Jim I'm Aaron And we're back with the spoiler section. What do we have this week? Spoilers. I thought um,
1: there was a funny kind of um, foreshadowing for us comic book fans when uh, Deanna's talking about rebuilding society, and she's like, well, maybe it's just with horses and mills, but it's something. We all know from reading the comic books that's exactly what happens. Uh all right. They, so
0: Daryl catches a bunch of horses, and <laughs> well, Daryl doesn't live in the comic
1: books. Number one, okay. but number two, yes, they they use horses as steeds, and they they their their big community project is a grain mill, so they can start baking bread and shit again.
0: And they plow in the land
1: and plow in the land, plow in the land, tending the fields. All right. Well, they got to catch the horses goats.
0: first because apparently Aaron is no good at it. Well, it's something we figured out
1: tens of thousands of years ago. I'm pretty sure we we'll figured out again. <laughs>
0: Daryl already knows it. He's the horse whisperer.
1: Uh, also, so I have backed away from my bold predictions that Daryl will die. And I. There's a lot of things to talk about here, but there's a com- there's a character in a comic book called Jesus mm-hmm. who is called that because he looks like most Judeo Christian depictions of Jesus. He has long hair and all that stuff, and he's also a very good dude, Um, and he is kind of a badass. He's a fan favorite badass, because he's all about this like this parkour. Krav Maga combat style. Um, I kind of, I'm starting to get the sense that they're going to roll Daryl into that role. And like, All why right. would you kill a fan favorite just to introduce another fan favorite who's essentially the same guy?
0: Okay, I don't know anything about Jesus in the comics. Um, what what is his role? You need Jesus, number one. I need to find Jesus. Uh, his role
1: is he is kind of like. Mm, I don't know your general purpose badass. He goes. Is at he a member ways. of Alexandria? I think he... he's a member of the Hilltop. Okay, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, but he's kind of like a field scout slash recruiter slash whatever general mm. badass strike leader that kind of thing. Okay, kind of what they're making Daryl to be out. Here's one yeah. argument: uh, Norman Reedus is going to, next time they, I don't know when they do it, but the next time they sign contracts, he's going to want to get paid, right?
0: I hope so, yeah.
1: You could kill him and then reintroduce Jesus as essentially the same character at
0: a steep discount. You could, but then you got to rebuild a character who is one of the most beloved characters on the show. And most interesting characters. Yeah, AMC's want to be penny-pinching
1: is... (laughs) You're right. Yeah, that's one thing we did talk about the main cast because it just kind of broke news lately is that uh, we've got release a summer release for uh, the Walking Dead spinoff and they've already ordered mm-hmm. it from pilot to two seasons. Yeah, similar to like the Better Call Saul treatment, um, and there was a lot of uh, you know talk about on the last podcast where AMC was kind of playing hardball with them. So I don't know how I don't I don't know. I'm I'm. What are you mm-hmm. thinking about the new series? Are you excited for know. it? Because honestly, I can't honestly say I'm excited for it. Not having anything. Like, do I want more Walking Dead in my life? My first thought is, no, I do not.
0: Yeah, like, if you're pressing the reset button and telling me that you're going to make what I can only assume is a less good version of The Walking Dead. Well, but, so why do we think that? Because one because, of the things we've ditched about they is... they put their fucking A-team on Walking Dead, right? Like, they're not going to leave... Uh, they're not going to send a bunch of writers over to this other show and say, well, we've got to replace them with some okay writers. That would ruin what's good about the show, I feel like. The writing staff? No, I granted. the ri- <laughs> I was like, that's a scary thought that they I, dilute the writing pool. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. they've got to keep the good stuff that they've got going on The Walking Dead going. Alternatively, so, they
1: split it up and just dilute the both equally. Oh,
0: God. Well, then that that makes that yeah that doesn't interest me at all okay i don't want to see two subpar versions of the walking dead i want to see the walking dead and then Hmm. some other more interesting take on this world because i can't imagine creating another group of characters from scratch and saying they're in the same world they're in the same scenarios but we think you're going to care about them too because I'm not going to. I, I've seen it once in Walking Dead. Why do I want to see it again? I'll tell you. Unless it's very different. One of the things that we have bemoaned is the fact that we
1: never saw the fall of civilization. Okay. This show, from what I've heard early in the press, is intended, and of course it's weird that they, they're they going to order this series and they're going to have it out by summer, which I guess could be August, could be July, who knows. Usually for this kind of stuff, it means June, July. That's pretty aggressive. If they only have a pilot to shoot, I guess I, they need need eight, seven more episodes. Never mind.
0: I would draw that. I um, wonder. I wonder if they could be subverting Kirkman in a way. Like maybe Kirkman's got too much control and say over this and doesn't want to do CDC type stuff, uh, but they want to get back to some of that stuff. And oh, so, so this is a they're way they're going to give you a different showrunner, different show. Yeah. And really explore the things that they have no desire to explore in Walking Dead in that show.
1: I mean, honestly, the fall of Civilization, I think, is interesting. Now, one thing that I'm on guard for is I think it's hokey, the idea that, like, the zombie apocalypse just spreads. And I don't, you know, it's like there's very limited... The mechanics of it, every time I try to read serious takes on how the zombie apocalypse could actually occur, Mm -hmm. whether it's World War Z, whether it's the survival handbook, whatever... It always feels stupid to me. Like, I'm interested in the stories, but when I see how the stories arise, I'm like, that can't happen. That fucking can't happen. One zombie gets drugged behind the lines and a whole company of Marines, and now suddenly all the Marines are zombies. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, I don't The Marines I don't suddenly have... lost the ability to deal with an unarmed combatant yeah I don't I don't know about like the military being infested by zombies it's gonna it's probably gonna happen just cause you know in a war people are gonna die but it's like it's like do you wanna see the first
1: 15 minutes of every George Romero zombie film stretched out over two or three seasons I've seen it so many times that right. you probably know right so that is my big cons- I mean on one hand I'm fascinated I think I would like to see more of that but second hand I'm not sure how mechanically it's gonna to hang together and yeah. I've also seen it not particularly done well, but I've seen it enough that it's like it doesn't it feels like it's going to kind of be old hat. I have a lot of concerns and we'll have to I see the trailers and we'll have to see who's running it and all that stuff. But I three years ago, I know we said it would be a day one cover. I can't
0: make that promise now. No, I yeah, I'm not going to make any promises on it. Um, like if
1: True Detective and Fargo and the leftovers, leftovers. are dropping right there. Fuck this spin off. It's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
1: All right. Uh Matt from Daily California said, "You guys have given some predictions of good actors to play Negan if the writers decide to go the route of including him in the television show. But I don't think you've mentioned one particular actor, Dominic West." Do you know Dominic West? Yeah, uh Nulty from McNulty, McNulty from, the from The Wire, yeah. The Walking Dead seems to like to use former actors from The Wire and the actor known as for his role as Jimmy McNulty would be perfect. West has also played the part of villains and other roles such as Theron from 300 and jigsaw from punisher the war i could see west playing the manic role of negan thoughts mm. i think jimmy minolte is kind of an asshole
0: <laughs> sure yeah
1: like you just need negan to be a maniacal asshole can mm-hmm. he play that role sure yeah sure why not he's a little more refined mm-hmm. than my vision of negan but what the hell mm. okay um Dan from Manchester, England said, following on your conversation last week about Morgan potentially being Negan, I think a more plausible theory or route that they could take is that Morgan could turn out to be the TV version of Dwight. Schrute, of course, he's speaking. Uh, It'd be a bit weird if they stuck with the original version of Dwight from the comics since uh, Daryl is based on this character so much. uh, uh, If Morgan did take on the role of Negan's right-hand man and then found out that Rick was at Alexandria, it would still create conflict the kind of conflict that Dwight and Negan had and give Rick a guy on the inside of the saviors. Not sure how they fit it in timeline wise, but when has it ever stopped them from doing something before? Are you familiar with Dwight? No, not at all. Dwight is, as they say, second hand man who is conflicted because he sees Negan as being an asshole. Um, Negan has this penchant for taking other men's wives. And if the men have any problem with it, he burns their face with an iron. <laughs>
0: Are we sure that Rick's not going to become Negan?
1: <laughs> that would be super interesting and a way to or maybe get, they're
0: just borrowing a trait from Negan. No, I think it's more of a Shane other echo. I like okay.
1: Yardley's comment that he's the lobes are strong with Shane or with oh, yeah. Rick right now. Yeah. Um,
0: All right. Yeah, I don't know anything about Dwight, but uh, so 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 they would have to figure out a way to
1: um, come up with conflict between Alex from from his. Right hand man and and Negan. So if Morgan was that and he found out about Rick. But Morgan is a wild card. He is, really, yeah. He's crazy, but not the type of
0: crazy with the runner with Negan. Hmm. Yeah, he's crazy in the way that he's gonna do his own thing, kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. Not not be anybody's second hand man. Sure. Yeah.
1: Um anyway, Edwin C. Uh said so first one I want to mention a few trivia facts that I learned that were mildly interesting. One is Negan was never supposed to exist in the comics. Instead Rick was supposed to kill Glenn when confronted with an issue of saving him or someone else. Huh. Kirkman decided to scrap this and Negan was born. Also Alexandria is filmed in the same city as Woodbury and can be noticed if you look carefully during the show. That I think is fascinating because I did not get a Sonoya vibe from Alexander at all and also yeah. I thought Alexander was built as a dedicated set. I thought I saw construction photos. I'm not I don't know where you're getting this information Edwin and I'm not doubting you. But I would like I would say citation needed. So, I mean, I maybe, maybe it's editor. possible
0: that those pictures were coming from Richmond. And it didn't look like Richmond either. I mean, I you remember those. It, yeah, I do. But
1: also, it's you're right. It looked it more, more like apartment complexes with with walls around them.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. And it could also be an apartment complex or whatever in Sonoya. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Sonoy is a good place for them to shoot because they have a lot of relationships be good, there, and also be good for the town, good for the community. They want their tax breaks in Georgia, that kind of stuff. They,
1: they, they definitely are. Seem like they're very embraced their role as stage set for Walking Dead. So them yeah. getting another bite at that apple, I'd be happy for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm
0: waiting for the spinoff to shoot in Georgia, set in Los Angeles, shooting in Georgia. <laughs> I don't know how you make it's that work. Apart. Hey,
1: if they can, if they can film Justified in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> then for damn sure Georgia can pass for for Los Angeles. Yep. Uh, this episode had comic references all over. Well, I mentioned a few, but with it, a bit of the Kirkman remix added to it. The only one that stays true that the comic is Michonne hanging up her katana. Hmm. This is almost exactly as she does in the comics, thinking she's finally seen the last of the days and she will no longer have to use it. Except in the comics, she has a flashback to all the times she's had to use it. That's hard to do. You know, as she's hanging up, she's seeing. Well, actually, that's very easy to do.
0: Yeah, just show the flashbacks.
1: Damn it, Kirkman. What the hell? <laughs> uh, the next reference was Buttons to Horse. In the comics, Buttons is a horse Maggie owns from her farm, what she brings with her to the prison and then on to huh. Alexandria. From that point, Aaron uses Buttons, but also during confrontation, he is stolen and his current whereabouts are unknown. Carol. Uh, <laughs>
0: so, So it's a. Okay, I like that twist. Yeah, I like the twist. The buttons is out of Alexandria, but he just gets fucking eaten, mm-hmm. like right off the bat. No, I like I, that's the kind of <laughs> like comic books readers are going, like. oh buttons. Yeah, he, they're yeah. going to catch buttons. He's going to be errands. Nope.
1: nope, nope. <laughs> uh, from that point forward, or wait a second, Carol unlocking the windows also out of the comics. Except this mission is pulled off by Glenn and da- and Daryl refusing the gun at the end is performed by Andrea. The rest of the references are interesting as they all involve huh. Sasha but she's not a character in the comics, so they're all performed by someone else. She's obviously taken the role of Andrea now from the comics as she asked to become the sniper in the tower, which was Andrea's job, and also seems to have caught the eye of Spencer, who she has a brief relationship with. I thought Aiden had taken the place of Spencer, but in another Kirkman remix, he gave Deanna an extra son as Aiden doesn't exist in the comics. The last reference is Sasha's freak out at the party. This is right out of the comics except it's performed by Michonne. He has a prediction for the rest... the rest of the season. Um, whoa, whoa, I lost my place here. I think the rest of the season will lead up to the aftermath of Rick gaining complete power in Alexandria. In the comics after Regina, who is Reg in the comic or in the series, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about Douglas being the mayor, Regina being his wife. Here we've got Deanna the mayor and Reg as his her husband. Mm-hmm. After Reg slash Regina is killed, Douglas orders Rick to kill Peter, which is Dr. Trump in the series, and he does so the gunshot is heard by a group called DC Scavengers, who then find and attack Alexandria in an all-out effort to take it. The wolves. but, they, but they, Exactly. I think this will be another Kirkman remix, as we saw the zombie in the episode with the W on his forehead, and then back at Noah's camp, someone tagged the wall with the wolves are near. Uh-huh. The gunshots from this fight are heard by an enormous herd who arrived at Alexandria and knocked down the walls and entered the city. Yeah! Rick tries to leave by doing the cover yourself and zombie guts routine, but it fails, and he and the group he is with find themselves fighting off zombies. Douglas, who is Deanna in the show, sees this and tries to help by coming out of his house and shooting zombies, but he's also bit as by one and loses controls and fires a bullet right into Carl's head. <laughs> Rick takes Carl to his doctor's house in Alexandria and then he and Michonne return outside to continue fighting. The rest of the group sees this and each by one uh, or one by one each person enters the fight until all the zombies are killed and Alexander is reclaimed. This is where I don't know how far the show will go for its ending. In the aftermath of all this, it's Rick rebuilding Alexandria, so it's a force to be reckoned with, and soon after the arrival of Jesus. But like I said, I don't know how far they can go, as this is a lot to do with only three episodes left. Oh, yeah. So, I feel like they are definitely setting an arc where Alexandria will be penetrated by zombie slash human attackers and have to swallow a bag of cement and get hard. Yes, please. I want to see a giant wave of walkers. That's something they can fit in these final three episodes. Mm,
0: I feel like one of these episodes has to be Rick dealing with uh, Dr. Trump. Yep.
1: And that's almost a whole episode by itself. Yes,
0: uh, with, you know, side plots. Um maybe maybe the very last episode we can get to that and that would be a shit show just killing people left and right i
1: was thinking there's one more thing of domestic thing which is uh reg is going to get killed trying to intervene in between a possible jesse slash peter slash dr trump fight to him rick has rick has to break it up and rick has to execute this guy So Dr. Trump and Reg are going to fight, and Rick
0: is going to break it up?
1: No, no. So I I guess what I think is going to happen is Dr. Trump is going to be slapping around Jesse. Okay. Reg is going to try to jump in there. He's going to try to be the wall. He's going to get his ass kicked. He's going to get his ass probably killed, Yeah. and then Rick is going to have to pass judgment on Peters, which is interesting because he is... Already coveting that his neighbor's wife.
0: Sure, it's a pretty easy decision for him, <laughs>
1: right? So <laughs> then, the second episode, you could could you fit in a full scale invasion by the wolves, and that's a full onslaught episode followed by a third episode where the herd breaks through. That's a lot of fucking budget. Now it is the but... devil's advocate because remember we had a rocking season be- finale, uh, season opener to mm-hmm. start off this with yeah. the terminus thing, and then we had a whole bunch of string of bullshit. Mm-hmm. We've had a string of bullshit. And this has been pretty yeah. awesome, but low budget bullshit. But low budget. Oh, yeah. Could they be saving up for two just giant set piece episodes, one after another, drop the mic, and then we're like ready to rebuild Alexandria next season?
0: I hope so. I hope so. It feels like a lot for this show to get in for three episodes, though. You know how long I've been asking for a herd of walkers <laughs> to come the Push to down knocking. the cold rolled steel. Yeah, man. Push down. Uh,
1: Carlos from New York city said for a while now I've been reading or wondering as the group has moved to Alexandria and are going further into the comics, what this will, what will remain the same? And what will get the Kirkman remix treatment of the important plot points that I've been wondering about most is the gunshot to Carl's eye and whether they're not going to, or whether or not they're going to have the balls to do this on AMC hmm. to a child.
0: And I know they've been willing to have, wait, a- wait, wait, wait. <laughs> child is not the protective safety net that it is on other series. Honestly.
1: Yes, but a blowing half his face off is a little different than look at the flowers and, you know, shooting terror. you off. Yeah. Shooting you offset off 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 camera.
0: Yeah, but pants shitting terror from last episode. for it's this not child. The
1: same thing.
0: I just I don't feel like children are safe. I don't feel like main characters are safe. They, that's one thing they've done a really good job, at least for me, is sure. saying nobody's safe here. Uh, except for rick (laughs) so
1: uh now they have been willing to have a character's eye removed in grisly manner previously with the governor and the Mm -hmm. only reason i think they wouldn't do it similarly is because carl walks around with his eye uncovered for a ridiculous amount of times asshole in the comics and you can almost clearly see through his head from the wound yet he eventually covers his eye socket uh but at sometimes it is uncovered most famously when negan has carl captured my memory serves correctly he even threatens to fuck carl's eye socket (laughs) Oh that God. will happen on AMC, I can almost guarantee. <laughs> yep. I just don't see the writers of this show letting things go that far after watching this last episode. Um, I thought another possibility that could we missed a period there. Uh I don't think the show will let things go that far. After watching the last episode, I thought of another possibility that could tie up some loose ends and have the characters avoiding having to deal with the cost of CGIing a hole through Channel's head. Uh one thing I want to put in here is if you've seen Boardwalk Empire, the character of um, shit, I just gone blank, uh, Jack Houston is what I want to say uh Richard Richard Harrow, Harrow. yes, Boom. there you go Jesus, uh, they did a great job at once a season they'd show us the full horrifying vis- visage of him. The rest of it was covered by a fa- almost entirely by a tin mask.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like that they could get away with i i don't think it's objectionable for him to suffer a grievous wound. Because okay. he's kind of like a middle teenager at this point, not exactly child, and two, they could most most of the time cover it up with the hat and a massive bandage slash eye patch mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be that big of a deal, and I think it'd be kind of cool.
0: what if they shot Sam in the face?
1: uh sure, fine. <laughs> what if Carol shoots Sam in the face? Well I don't where know are you if going with Kat? that? because they, I, yeah. I'm saying
0: it'd be very easy to shoot a, a more minor character in the face not have to worry about the cg stuff so much uh not like i don't, I don't know how how much does that affect carl that's kind of affect carl sure a lot yeah as does. much as cutting off rick's hand is that something kirkman is okay with okay. uh
1: it doesn't affect no i mean i guess it affects him character wise but like from an able bodied standpoint he makes a full recovery Really? Yeah.
0: No depth perception problems? Well, no. maybe,
1: I mean, obviously, but Nick Fury does all right. <laughs> uh, anyway, he says, I've got an alternative uh, thi- thing here going on. He says, okay. Carol, Car- Carl accidentally gets shot during a walker attack on Alexander right after Rick has to chop off Jesse's arm to free Carl from being eaten by the same horde that's feasting on her. What if they replace Carl with little baby ass kicker? <laughs> Shoot off half her face? We then lose the dead weight of Judith. (laughs) Carl gets to save his eye. It makes for a traumatic experience for all involved. Mm -hmm. By this time, we could showcase the baby a little more so that there's some emotional connection with her and the viewers. I don't think you need to, man. Blowing a baby's face off is going to peg peg the viewer involved. (laughs) I I wasn't
0: invested in this baby enough to really feel the effect of blowing its face off. Yeah,
1: that's going to get people, I think. That's going to get people. I'm with you, man. (laughs) Right in the heartstrings. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. How do I get through here? Um, Carl could then become reclusive after losing his little sister. Fine. Like that. Could be part of the catalyst for him single-handedly attacking the saviors. It's a little, it's a stretch. And for all I know, they're going to give him the situation, uh, the Rick's hands treatment just to avoid the trouble altogether. Though I think this could definitely be an interesting Mm -hmm. alternative. Um, I'm a big fan as much shit as I get for saying this, I'm a big fan of baby ass kicker going the way of the Dodo. Yeah. Because I don't see how this ends up any other way than the fucking full house of the apocalypse. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, however, I think you overestimate how much time it takes to put a band. I, I feel like that Carl's makeup job could be fairly rudimentary. It's a little bit of facial scarring and a hat and a patch.
0: Yeah i mean it's it's not even actually that hard to just slap a green screen on the kid and sure do one pass yeah, you where have, you make the model for it and then you're done. You
1: might do one per season of sh- showing him in his full disgusting glory, yeah, but that's very doable with the budget this show's got and yeah, the, and, yeah. and 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 look at what Nicotero is able to do yeah. just practically mm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thanks for the email. Uh, moving on to Harry P. said, last one, by the way, in the comics, Carl's worried about getting weak and Alexander and is reluctant to accept his new way of life. However, in the TV series, Daryl seems to be playing out the reluctant storyline. I think the season will end not with Carol, but Daryl getting shot in the face. This is the theory hmm. of the Carl face yep. edition mailbag.
0: Apparently so. We
1: all know the show can't kill Daryl for a while, at least this way we could spend all off season wondering if he's dead. It would definitely help him not seem so untouchable and while Carl has... Long hair, all, all ready to cover head wound. I think Daryl has even better hair for head wound covering. It's been yep. covering that eye for two seasons now anyway. Eye wound Daryl would also be so fucking badass. <laughs> out of all these possibilities, which is your favorite one?
0: Daryl uh, getting the eye socket blown out treatment? Judith. Judith? Yeah. just Blast Judith's head off. <laughs> I think that would be the funniest. Uh, no, I I think, yeah, with Daryl's hair, man, it makes perfect sense. Oh man! Just cover it up.
1: Yeah, I get so much shit every time I say I advocate for Baby Judith to get killed.
0: Why? I've been waiting for zombie baby anyway. What? Well, what? What does it matter if its head is blown off?
1: I don't know. Maybe you're too far of a crazy man, too far gone to bother sending hate mail too. But it's all Perhaps. like I can't believe yeah. you're suggesting that they kill the baby. Well, there I just suggested it. All right. Off screen could be off. It can be look at the look at the flowers, Baby Judith. But <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think AMC has the wherewithal to blow a a, a child, a, a baby's head off. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that is a bridge too far. Well, they threatened it with her getting their neck snapped. I don't I don't know where to
0: calibrate my morality with this show. That's good. That's a good thing. Okay. It keeps you on your toes. keeps you guessing. Sure. I think that's a fine thing for this show to do. All right. That's a podcast, man. Yeah, it is. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Of course, we'll be back next week after the show. Uh, and during the show, we do live watches if anybody's interested. Yeah.
2: Uh, and you can get that as a Club Ball Move member. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya.